One, two, three. Review show. It's two X Men United review. Show. 2003. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Hallane, Famke Jansen, Halle Berry, James Marsden. Oh, this is the same cast from the last one. Oh, well, it's basically the no, same. No, there's Steve new Russell, people. Bruce Davison and Ed Allen coming. Oh, okay, Brian Cox. You didn't mention him. Oh, and Brian Cox. Yeah. Don't worry about that little list I had. That was yeah, Sean guy. Ashmore, he's new. Kelly Hugh. Yeah, but Aaron, Aaron Stanford. Because this is a Brian Singh movie, Singer movie. They could have been any character and played by anybody. <laughs> you, you only Weird say that knows. because it's X-Men. No, half these characters are silent. I agree. Like, there's, there's... Dave knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, but Never like, been, what... take off your rose-colored... It's, it's not about that. It's, I was thinking about that because that was one of your biggest complaints about the last movie. And it was kind of like... If there's going to be a nameless henchman that someone's going to fight, because they don't know there's going to be a third movie, so they're trying to put in things related to X Men in it. No, they knew. Okay, they knew. They knew. Why not make it Lady Deathstrike? Like, just because you're not going to get the whole story doesn't mean like you know they're trying. (laughs) Lady Deathstrike in name only. That's not my Lady Deathstrike. Okay. Even in even in name only, I don't even think in name. No, they don't call her Lady Deathstrike in it at all. No, I don't. I never heard the word Deathstrike. They only call her Rico. Fellow who just walked away. Oh, he's back. Is our guest David Cutler, Marvel Comics well, extraordinaire? There's Lady Deathstrike. Well, that is a superior Deathstrike. I'm not. I'm not fooling you wrong, but movies are only two hours, roughly. You, you can't have a six-hour explanation as to who every character is and where they that came. That costume from. would have taken up an extra half an hour. <laughs> that costume might be semi-problematic in a modern <laughs> society. How else would you know she has metal dealies on her boobs if she didn't have them exposed? Yeah, how would you know? Huh? That's important character in <laughs> all that black leather. <laughs> no, you'd be mad, too, if you had metal dealies on your boobs. Yeah, like every other movie franchise, main the motivation guys are wearing black leather, the bad guys aren't wearing black leather. Or if the bad guys are wearing black leather, the good guys aren't wearing black leather. And this, everybody just wears black leather. Everybody looks oh, the uh, same. It's so not really. I mean, they're uh, militaries, most of them. And, and Magneto has black leather, too. And Magneto has a closet. Closet. <laughs> Magneto is dressed like a Nazi. Yeah, uh, Magneto wouldn't wear that. That's, that's really Nazi-ish. Yeah, the long, yeah, the long, roby kind of stuff. The, the like high collar and the militariness yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> that scene is pretty great. <laughs> Just look how yeah. smarmy he looks. There. Okay, we'll get into it. I yeah, really like this movie. I should it. say going into it, but there, there are little too. things where I'm like, "What? Did, what were they thinking?" But anyway, yeah, I agree. Bit. I agree. Nothing's perfect in the world, but this is definitely the apex of X Men movies to me. They've never made a better one than this one. I, I mean, agree. First Class is pretty good, I guess. But well, I don't know if it's better. We liked First Class, but it's got problems. Yeah, they Logan all do. Is, Logan is a better movie. But oh, it's a huge. Fair enough. Movie. Yes, as a movie, Logan is, but it's not an X Men movie. It's a Logan. I don't even accept Logan as being in continuity because it's just too depressing a place to end. <laughs> well, no, there's a little hope. Some mutants got to Canada. No, no, no. <laughs> People were always like, mutants are dangerous, and Professor X is like, no, we ain't. And it turns out he's the most dangerous. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like by a country mile, he should have yeah. been killed 
at, coming out of the womb. Boom, you're done. <laughs> because they're like, you know, well, especially in this one when they're like, well, with a mere thought in this machine he built, he could wipe out all humans or all mutants with he's, he's little, machine. with not a lot of coaxing. You know, like a, a few, bomb. Dr- oh, that a few drugs. So. Anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah, all right, all right. We'll get it. We didn't say our yeah. fancy names. I'm your host, Dav Strike, and my co-host, President McAndre. Thank you. And uh, our, our guest, have you tried not being a David? <laughs> I was going to be, you should have killed David when you had the chance, but it was too long. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, I did like that line a lot, actually. That was a great line. Um, although I find it funny that he kind of waited for dramatic effect to, to finally reveal that. Like he could have yes. said something's up way straight earlier. in, like, oh yeah, yeah. something's up, Charles. Yeah, but, but it could have been part of his 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 programming. They that made, line maybe. is usually like you should have killed me when you had the chance because like I'm here to fuck you, basically, is yeah. usually the line. Yeah. Not you should have killed me when you had the chance because you should have known that a guy would use psychic juice to get all your <laughs> secrets out of me. Yeah. Like, obviously. Well, that's a very specific example, well, but perhaps all time. he could have assumed that he would have, you know. What I have to? You didn't, uh, you didn't switch your opening theme to be the amazing, memorable X Men orchestrated movie theme. Well, I I like this better. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I remember when the first you movie they're doing that. Yeah, no, the, the, I was thinking that watching the intro to this. Um, I was at the gym and I was like, I gotta start watching this thing today. So I put it on when I was doing cardio. And when I was doing the whole like into the stuff and going through, I guess, Cerebro, um, yeah. you know, the music was kind of swelling. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's funny because there are songs that have themes. Like X Men has a theme, it's just not one that really sticks in my head. Yeah. It just doesn't stick in my head a lot. Like, not as much as, you know, the cartoon when, theme. Or when the first movie was coming out, embraced it. Um, I was like 15 or 16 in the lead up. I don't remember. But the it was like the early days of the internet being like, you know, rumor mill central and stuff. You could get like real like information faster than you could like even a couple years previous. Like mm-hmm. even if you weren't that deep into the reads. And I remember the, whoever the guy was who did the um, score for the first film, uh, an audio interview where he was like going through his thought process for the the main theme, and he's like, "This is the part kids will play when they're playing, sing when they're playing with the the action figures in the box." They'll be like, "Da da da And I was like, "No, <laughs> no kid is going to remember that. It's not a good theme." Yeah, there are there are the some that kind of... of the good X Men theme and like stop there. Yeah, it yeah. does kind of sound a little bit like that, you know. So that um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, assuming, that, I'm assuming that was a uh, somewhat of a you know an inspiration. But there are some scores what like what you doing up there, Dave? Yeah, Dave, what you doing up there, in Toronto? I don't what know how to answer that there? question. How do I answer that question? It's just like what, what, what catching what up. Think? What are you doing? How's oh, life? I got Where back from. I visited home for the holidays, and uh, I was sunny getting... in Newfoundland. Uh, it was actually sunny. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I only right. had to shovel the back walk, um, the walk in the back deck once, which is Ooh. an all-time record. I always go home for three weeks and like to not only have the like that's global warming, man. That's we're in dire straits. Yeah. Not looking good. You you, looking you didn't you weren't worried about it until you went home and only had to shovel the walk once. That well, was, it your, was, it was that was the line that it told was, you it was, it was striking to only shovel it once. Yeah, it's been it's been you know like I may have shoveled my driveway. I have a house, but they may have shoveled the driveway like twice last year. If you wait like a day or two, it usually just gets up to pluses and then melts. 
Well, yeah, so I did that. Chance and it doesn't, it doesn't. And now I'm sitting here talking to you, Jokers. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's an story. accurate description of us. Yeah. Midnight Tokers. <laughs> you so you wait till midnight, Devin? That's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. Yeah. Yeah. Go smoke outside. Take a break. Until midnight. I'm, I'm in bed by midnight. Um, what you do? Po- uh, I don't think you fun. sleep. I just think you do podcasts and then send me texts to remind me to do stuff for you. That's your life. You. <laughs> That's true. Well, happy yeah. to have you back on, Dave. Uh, you know, yeah, we're, see you guys. we've been following your career closely. I did finally get a chance with the. Mm-hmm. I did because of you, actually. I got the Marvel Unlimited app, and I must say, I love it. I've been reading because of you. <laughs> I've been I reading went and got the Marvel Unlimited <laughs> app. I went and read like it's just if any story that's gone by that I missed instead of buying like nine trades to catch up I can just you know I'm reading oh yeah Al, I'm reading Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk story right now and I'm like this is fun like I'm glad I got a chance to it's read it instead of buying and I read the uh, the Storm Iron Man I, I think I messaged you after I read it it was it was beautiful I loved it art was Al Ewing's one of the best guys going right now oh yeah yeah that Hulk story is quite it's gotten to like I'm at the point now where it's like all around the uh, the the Zem New Hulk and all that sort of stuff. So it's getting a little long in the tooth. And I'm hoping they're sliding back into the horror stuff. But I'm really digging it. Not the biggest Zem New fan. Well, I, I like how what they did with him. Like the yeah, like the look the, kids. I don't know. Well, the take on him, like the memories of like watching a kid show with him being the Hulk you remember, like that sort of Mandela effect thing is actually a very interesting way of doing that. I thought that was cool. I really mm. dug that. And, uh, you know, all the different Hulks and different forms appearing is, is fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it. It's super good. You should read his um, his X-Men Red. I don't know if you're, like, keeping up with the Krakoan Age, which is now over, of X-Men. But, oh, yes. Uh, you, might, you might get a little lost in the reads if you have it. But his X-Men Red is, like, it's crazy good. It's, it's uh-huh. oh, yeah. I did read, like, the Powers of X and whatever ones, those those trades, but I found them still a little hard to follow because I'm, I'm, there's a lot of stuff I missed before, I'm sure, leading up to it. jumps so, around. It does jump around like, a lot. They're, like, all of a sudden they're in space, and then the Apocalypse is over here with kids in a different universe. And How did you going. read it? Did you read, like, all of Powers of X and then all of House of X or whatever? Yeah. Did yeah. you, like, jump between the two? Well, I I read them both linear, linear, linearly because that's what it seemed like it should have been, but... The the I don't think I uh, talking to you now makes you realize that I should have jumped jumped back and forth. Yeah, it, ma- it makes more sense that way. But a lot of it was supposed to be, I think, um, like this was supposed to make sense later, and yeah. plans changed. Yeah. So like there were characters we never saw again. Yeah, yep. so it's like <laughs> well, the, the mutant came back at least. It's like the modern clone saga. They're like we're going to leave a lot of breadcrumbs that are not going to get picked up. It's better than the clones. You sacrilege, sir! I will slap you in the face. That is, well, a, that is it. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is a, it, that is a, a testimony to '90s ex, uh, uh, yeah, well, exaltance. You know, like the, there you go. Oh yeah, that's sweet. Spider Ben Carnage right here. I have to say, I almost considered canceling doing this because I'm so into the Spider-Man Two game that I had to pry myself away from it to come oh. do this. It's so good. If you love the first yeah, I, one, you'll love this one. If I finished it. Oh, did you? I'm about no spoilers. Uh, that's fine. I'm around. Where am I in the story? Just around. The, I do all the side missions, so I just finished the chameleon one. Oh, um, so I'm getting. I'm plugging along. Everybody brings this up, but did you get to like? Um, are you in the black suit? Yes. And did you do the whole like? Um, 
big fight at Craven's place or whatever. At the, uh, uh, the one with the, like, at the zoo? Maybe, like, where the guy comes out in the bear costume. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I didn't know there were bears in these woods. So <laughs> yeah, I got something to tell you. I'm fresh out of honey. I'm fresh out of honey. I wonder if that was a grizzly reference or just a guy in a bear suit. That was that. Yeah. Uh, that was that EMF when you were trying to make the serum to cure lizard. He comes out. Is that a but, uh, Christmas tree decoration? Is this as a reason why you're just swinging the crotch towards the camera as much as possible? <laughs> this is spider crotch. It's a uh, Homer at Cirque du Soleil. That's the guy gyrating in his face. But that's the that's from the cartoon that was before, just before Marvel got it, right? Yeah, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I think that is one of the best Spider-Man cartoons ever. Oh, it was fantastic. It is the best Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, it was so good. I was so sad when it got it ended just because of that of busy buying Marvel, but it was so good. Oh my yeah, anyway, we're talking talk about X-Men. Enough, right? enough about talk Spider-Man. About X2. Let's talk about X2, why don't we? Yeah, okay. Take her away, Andre. All right, well, we're going to try to keep this a little more general than we normally go into it because these are long ass movies. So uh, first, we uh, we get the intro uh, this time, slightly different, but also done by Professor X, uh, kind of tying into all of the the themes that brought us up to this point about how humans have a really rough time sharing the planet with anybody else, which I always find so funny because like like mutants are humans with powers, you know, like it like to most people apparently in this world they're just Creatures that have no rights should be killed, wiped off the planet. Like, like you, you Come have on. to acknowledge that no, they're look human. Out, look outside the window. Look outside the window. Fair enough, but my god, I guess. Imagine, imagine if trans people had like beams coming out of their eyes. What you'd see on the news. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be fucking yeah, but, crazy. But what rate of people, like how much, a percentage of the hu, hu, whole population of Earth would you say want to eliminate all trans people, like kill them? Just wipe the out. whole population to Earth? Yeah. What percentage would you say? Maybe I'm more optimistic about humans than you. 75%? And I feel what? like I'm being generous. Yeah, what? man. You have, you have yeah, to think about all probably. the countries that are like even not as far along as we are. And like, I, well, I would guess everyone like, in that country would be against it. Like 20% of you Canadians Russia, would be fine with them all like, like getting put into an oven. Like, I, I'm positive. Tw- I'm that's positive. A, hmm. With, with the slightest prodding, with the slightest prodding, third at least thirty-five percent of the U.S. At least thirty-five percent. They wouldn't put Ooh. up a fuss. Let me say that <laughs> if, if Trump if Trump was like, let's take these mutant trans people and let's do well, a listener poll. Would you kill a trans person if given the opportunity? We, well, we, got, we got we got these ovens, and the normal people are getting pretty cold. So I think we got a cheap source of fuel here, and they're all like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just trying to keep uh, trans people warm. Yeah. <laughs> by lighting them on fire <laughs> by lighting them on fire um yeah. all right so we, we catch to a tour of the white house uh in which uh president mckenna's in his office doing whatever's and the kids are walking around we see a, a kind of mysterious looking dude with scars that are looks like we know later that it's painted over to look human to look uh before we get his visage he's just uh painted to look more skin colored uh wanders around and then yeah, starts kind of teleporting about Messing up the uh, the Secret Service guards, and you know they they kind of rally to get the president out of there, but he manages to take them all out in a very impressive display of you know kung fu and <laughs> teleportation skills. Uh, getting to the point where he's about to kill the president with a knife, um, but then is shot by one of the one of his guards who he didn't quite take out, uh, dropping the knife with a little 
thing on it that says, uh, was, oh, I even forget what it said on that. Mutant, was it freedom? Freedom, Mutant now. freedom Now. That's right. So, um, I think it said yeah. Black Black about Nightcrawler? <laughs> sure. Well, what is your issue with Nightcrawler diving? Because I know you have issues. Yeah, I do. One, I don't like the tattoos. They weren't done. They weren't they're not tattoos. They're scary. It's weird. It's weird that Storm yeah, is like, like impressed the... and turned on by them. Yeah, that is kind of weird. They're not know. tattoos. They're scars. He scarred them on. Yeah, he's yeah. like, she's like, did you do them yourself? And he's like, yes, one for every yes, sin. <laughs> they're they're like they're angelic like... symbols that the angel, the angel, the the you know uh, guardian angel. Uh, Michael's and what that uh, left to humans. Gabriel, Gabriel, that's what it was. Left, left to us. The holy, holy he angel human. He's just a guy in a baggy coat with blue face paint on. Like man, what would okay, okay? That's what, the, so, that's what the scars are there for to like, yeah, distract you from that. But for two thousand and three, would you have wanted him to be a fully CGI character, Davin? Because what else? Would I wouldn't. Have done? I wouldn't want him to be a CGI. What, what do you want him to be? Because I, I would just put a guy in blue face paint. Yeah. On okay. Him now. So I'd CG he, the tail, and I would CG the hands, so you don't have which those they did. Hands. Well, they didn't do the hands, but the tail was. Well, I might have just hired like a skinnier person and not put him in a baggy outfit. Like he yeah, Alan Cumming uh, is pretty skinny. He doesn't look that kind of alien kind of like. I'll, I'll agree there. Yeah, kind of yes. chunky. And like, what's up with this outfit? It's like horrible. Like, what is this? I, I was saying to well, uh, it's what a transient person that lives in a church would probably wear. Those pants, yeah. those pants. Well, he mentioned he was in the circus. Hey, this is what they. This well, is what they're circus pants. They're circus pants. They're like seventies like disco. It was pants. a hitchhiker. I can tell you that is not. Man, you look up like images of old like church or like church. Sorry, old circus like stuff. You always see guys with striped pants that look like that. And I'm not saying I, real, I just, real. I'm not saying real circus. I'm saying like cinema depictions of circus. I, I just think it's a little funny because like him being in the circus, it's like the time they could have excused a real superhero costume. Yeah, because he would have had a circus. So you're right. Yeah. It's it's too silly. So what's not silly? Those fucking pants. O okay. Yeah. I guess. That said, but, I used to have the action figures. So I mean I was I was on board with it once upon a time. What happened to your action figure? I used to love that. Uh um, I got rid of most of my stuff when I moved to Halifax because I just oh, couldn't right. take it with me, and uh, I was like unemployed for two months, so I didn't have any rent money. So I ended up like whatever I could sell, I would I sold. So yeah. I lost my Muppet stuff that way too. Ah, uh, boo! Actually, I think I recall buying a bunch of your action figures when you did that. So. Yeah, you bought my Spider Man. Imagine, stuff for sure. yeah. Imagine Doug Jones in a skin tight suit or something playing Nightcrawler. You would you would be upset that he's too tall, is what you would I was be. Upset imagine about. Doug he's he would very be super tall. tall. He would be super tall. He's like 6'6". Six, six. He'd, he'd be way too tall. But he'd be like hunched over like Nightcrawler all the time. It's nah, He would look like an alien. He would look, he would look like an alien. Like a gray, yeah. a gray alien. I, you know, to me, to me, to me, should. and I'm going to let my, my pretend gay flag fly here for a second, but to me, right. Nightcrawler should be fuckable. I'm, I'm just saying that. I think I think Kurt is a, is a handsome dude. He's a handsome man. He's a handsome Except... He's got disgusting like, hands and feet and a devil tail and pointy ears and fangs. And he's blue. Blue fur. Well, he should be somebody that like a a, 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 a woman or, or, or a, a gay person in the audience could be like smitten with in the same way that a dude can look at Mystique mm -hmm. and be like. Yeah, he charms people all the time. That's definitely a thing he does. Although to be fair, the Mystique design in these movies is fucking terrible too, but whatever. Yes. Whatever. Yeah, she's almost lizard-like in her appearance more than the, the little... Yeah, let's just make her naked. <laughs> and in this one, she has, like, this giant cranium. Yeah, it's a hair is really done. Yeah, in, like, her hair is actually yeah. inside it, and they didn't... Yeah. 
It's just enormous. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. it does. Yeah, I wonder why. Like, if they couldn't shave her hair down or didn't want her to do something with her hair for the role or whatever, you think makeup would cover that? I guess because she appears as herself and her hair is so much more. It's volumey. Couldn't they have just put a wig on her when she was herself? I guess there's a wig there. I don't know. Yeah, don't good know. enough. I got more to say about her, but I'll save it for X points. Okay. All right. So uh, we see Logan uh, exploring the Alkali Lake area of Alberta, where he was sent at the end of the first movie by Charles uh, to see if he. This is this scene is like way near the end. But yeah. uh, Logan in this scene, his hair has this? like, yeah, his hair has so much it? volume in the first scene. It's it's like five inches off the top of his head. Yeah, I agree. There's also like, it's weird because like he's almost kind of clean shaven around the beard. So his face is very like, it, it looks almost too manicured. Not well, that one. He looks fine there. Right here, it's when it's you like, first see In the him. very first scene, he's like as clean as you'll see him for the whole movie. Yeah. And he's supposed really to have been backpacking through like Northern buttfuck, you know, like he's supposed to be out there for a he's bit. And he looks so, so neat. Yeah, he does look. He is very. He looks very tidy when he when he shows up to Alcala. And there's also like a little moment where there's like <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the Littlest Hobo, where there's like a wolf standing there, and they have a moment where there's like the animal recognizing animal, and then the 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 the, uh, the wolf turns and sort of looks back at him like it wants him to follow him, yeah. and then goes through the door, and then later on they're like nothing, nothing came of it. <laughs> the oh, wolf just cute. let me do a can and wanted me to open. I don't know. So like, hashtag not my Wolverine. This is Ken Wolverine. What? It- it bothers me more in this scene than any other one. And it's because he looks so clean shaven. Yeah. You see him standing in a lot of doorways. So you get the sense of his actual height. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it bothers me. But then once he gets to the mansion, yeah. I forget about he's, it. He's always bigger than everybody else by so much. It's, but they're supposed to be kids. Really... You're supposed to they're believe supposed that those, be those three are kids. But kids. Kids are supposed to be taller than Wolverine. Yeah. Well, Nate, what? Uh, what? Like what these at- t- teenagers? Teenagers are totally What right. actor did you did you come up with an actor from this time period that's the appropriate height that you would have been okay with? I said Emilio Estevez, and you laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. He's he not that short. Chops. He, he can't be that chops. short either. He is. Yes, he is. He's like five five. Close is it Emilio Estevez, yeah. star of the Mighty Ducks, goes on. He does the yeah. Mighty Ducks. In Bay. That's it. Um, well, you know, I get how tall is Charlie Sheen? He looks closer to the part. As far as hair color and stuff goes, um, Gene's not a good actor like Gordon Bombay. <laughs> Jeez, talk about rose-colored glasses, Davin. You're like, man, look how what an amazing acting job the guy from Mighty Ducks did. Loaded amazing. weapon, okay. loaded weapon, quack quack quack, Mister Duckworth. <laughs> and uh, he's actually a decent director, but um, yeah. Anyway, enough about Emilio Estevez. Um, so we see uh then we cut to Jean Grey and the, the crew of the X-Men, like all the kids are at a, a, a show at the, the museum learning about uh museum stuff being taught by Aurora Monroe about evolution. They're learning evolution, evolution yes, human evolutionary history. And, and uh, you know, she's talking about how the, the people think that the Cro-Magnon man was killed off by the or sorry, the uh am I getting those called? The Anvathels killed off by Cro-Magnon Man, but there's evidence to prove that they they bred together in our DNA so that they you know may have accepted them and, and life was okay between them. You know, teasing some harmony here. Um, but uh, then we we catch up with Rogue uh, Bobby Drake, who we we recognize. Uh, 
reminds me of that scene. Do you remember like early in Grant Morrison's new X-Men run mm -hmm. uh, where Cassandra Nova has like the distant cousin of Bolivar Trask, the Sentinel? Right. Just so he uses DNA to get into the... Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a dentist, and she needs his DNA to activate the master mold or whatever. So she's, like, trying to convince him to get on her side, get on board. And she's, she's like, showing him these psychic visions of Neanderthals being killed by, by primitive humans. And he's like, uh, I think science says now that, that we interbred. I, I, I saw a documentary. It's <laughs> <laughs> being, like, slaughtered around. Yeah. I saw a documentary. Yeah, she was very convincing. Um yeah, that's a great scene, actually. That that sets up the, the that series incredibly well. Um, yeah. So then we learn uh, the kids are there. Uh, you know, we see one kid stick out his tongue at another little girl, and he has the forked tongue. Already, um, because she's sticking her tongue out at him. And then uh, we kind of catch up with these ones. Well, we, why not? Let's call him Artie. He is called. I Artie. know. He's, I, I I was watching Let's with my roommate, and she was like, "Who's this kid?" And I was like, "Well, they they said he was Artie, but he's not." He's no, in any way, shape, or form, Marty has mind already. powers. Yeah, not forked tongue. They they got the right. gender correct, and beyond that, uh, it's an interpretation. <laughs> an interpretation. Uh, so yeah, and then we we kind of quickly learn that Rogue is dating Bobby, and uh, you know, you know they call Bobby Banshee for this because it doesn't matter. Unless he looks thing. like more like Banshee to you. No, but like it doesn't matter. It could be anybody. Just like he has oh, ice powers. Weird. That's important. The ice powers play into it fairly yeah. well. Yeah, he's, he's an ice man. All right. Yeah. All right. So they're also hanging out All with right. John, who we uh, uh, his last name escapes me, but it's right here. Allardyce. Uh, John Allardyce. 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 Who is Pyro? But he's um, he's Saint he's John. Saint John. Yeah, Saint John Allardyce. Uh, Top. In this, they refer to, yeah, old stick. I say quite a bit. Old stick, show, that's actually. what it is. Old, old stick. Old stick. Oh. I actually started saying stick. that in my regular life because of this podcast. You know, I'm going to sacrifice an X point because this pisses me off. So this is another Brian Singer thing because he doesn't care about the X-Men. He just cares about, like, simple, basic things like the Magneto, um, Charles Xavier dichotomy and Wolverine being sexy and tall. But uh, The dichotomy isn't a simple, basic thing. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's not, not but it's like it's the only it's, relationship's it's like pretty complicated. In fact, we learn what, more about it here. It's it's like ninety five percent of what Brian Singer thinks the X Men, and the other ah, percent is they the don't movie. really interact that much but in this movie. Magneto and Xavier do not. Don't get me started. I'm eventually going to tell you why this is just basically the exact same as the last movie. This is just the inverse of the last X Men movie, and I will explain that to you if you like. But so. This whole, like, there's no reason to make Pyro a kid at the X Mansion anyway. But the only reason they do it, because it's like, get it? Fire and ice. They're friends, but they're, he's eventually going to turn on them because fire and ice can't get All right. Along. Well, is get it, it is... fire and ice? Get it? Yeah, well, they don't really have a fight. Fire they, and they, ice. They, they save that for the next movie. But if I they're mean, going to have... That whole thing, it's just dumb. Like, it's... Okay, well, would it have been better? Would have been better for you if it was Avalanche because they had to make it someone that's going to wind up in the Brotherhood. Yeah, he's going to like. So, would you rather be Avalanche then? Like, who else would it be? We already saw Toad in, in, in the comics. Um, Pyro is kind of a bastard, but fundamentally not that bad a dude. And yeah. he goes he up the heroes. He dies a hero, basically. Yeah, and yeah. as a villain, he never did anything that bad. So, I think it's a fair interpretation. To be like, he here's a kid who doesn't really jive with um, Professor X's philosophy. He thinks it's all like ridiculous. He does feel like 
he's hated on because he's better. Should be quitting choir. This was long before that came out. I don't remember what happens to him in the third one, but it's a fine arc. And then in the third one, you should have him realize that he's you know gone to the dark side. No, he does. He just gets beat up by Bobby in a fight. Uh, well, whatever. Well, yeah, you can't play this movie for that. Just, just, no, no, I can't. Cool. You're right. They're, you're they're right. Something cool. I, I was totally fine with him, and I don't. I don't think. I mean, there are certain beats, and like like I said, would if it was Avalanche, it would have been less interesting. So why not make go the more? So it would have been less cliche. I would have said. Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're, but like you're fire you're also, versus ice. Get it? Fire versus ice. Like just, they're they're trying to like. The last it's minutes. not even that big of a plot point here. It's not like they really hate each other or they get in a big oh, it's fight. Just another each other. one of the many, many basic and un, like, unattached decisions that I, I, I would agree with you easy. if they weren't all pictured together in the first movie. So, like, what they're trying to do is like create an MCU pre MCU without any kind of oversight beyond Brian Singer. And with three years in between the movie. So yeah. for that quick little, like, Ooh, I think. Here, here's two dudes. Yeah. One's got fire. One's got ice. And they both like rogue. They're showing off in this scene in the first movie. That's, that's where this comes from. That was, that was fine. Little, it didn't even need to really, really need to be pyro. It was a kid with fire. And he might call himself pyro. He, did, uh, he does. He's called himself pyro. But is it, does he in the first one? In this one, he wasn't in the first one. Pyro was in yes, the first one. Yes, he is. He is, but he's played by a different character. Yeah, he's played oh, yeah, by a different guy. He, he lights a little they, ball they, of fire in his hand. Right, but he doesn't really do anything. The, I, yeah, no, but that's where this comes from. Like The, the well. three of them are, the, are there together. So in this movie, they then go like, okay, this friendship expanded. She ended yeah. up with Iceman. No, I forgot about and, that. That's fair. And he's a little he's a little bit of a hanger-on, and he's a little bit bitter about it, and he's a little la-la-la. So they're, they're trying to piece something together from little elements that were seated in the first one. He's also got something like a chip on his shoulder, right? And as we kind of learn, we don't really get a lot of his backstory, but he, he like within this, what happens here at the museum is that these kids, for some reason, want to smoke in the museum and get this. Yes. This and is then, this is really contrived. And there is a twenty-year-old kid museum yeah. cafeteria want to smoke, want to smoke a cigarette, and want Pyro's lighter to do it, want to borrow it. He won't give it to them. He's just kind of being a dink. And then when they get I physical made with the, him, Peter Colossus. Because he was wasted in this movie, but he looks cool, and that's he's used that more in the third one, wasn't he? In the comics, because he's used a lot no, more in the third one. In the danger room for a second one. He's just in the danger room for a second. No, I'm saying for the third one. I think he's in it more often, isn't he? That they expand. Yeah, he is. He definitely yeah. is. Yeah. So you know, he's, a, he's in the last stand. He's he's like next to Kitty, like, yeah. the traitor guy, like the guy who's to kind of. Goes to the dark. You would have been okay with Colossus becoming the traitor. That's, you would that's have hated because that. of the exact that's moment you start reading X Men comics. That's that's like that happened the exact moment you start reading X Men comics. So that's like stuck oh, in your dude, brain. I was as reading like... X Men comics way before that. Well, oh, really? I was like six. But, but yeah. like uh, that's the thing, Devin. It's like you always say this brain. this character wouldn't do that or wouldn't do this. Like the the comics have been around at this point for what fifty years. So it's like you can pick from the way the character was in one thing and go with it. If you're like, Magneto wouldn't do that. It's like, well, that Magneto might not, but the one they made in this movie does. Like, no, I was right about Magneto being like an irredeemable piece of shit in the last movie. So that's not really a good way to go. No, he kind of is in this one too. <laughs> so, you know, he, he only really helping them out until he can get to what he really wants, which he immediately does when, when he, gets he steals their it. shit. That's pretty funny. We'll, we'll, get, like we'll, get to, we'll have to like Magneto's going to be a whole portion because there's a lot to say. 
There is. Although I do really like it. I do really like his the way he's played in this. I don't if you don't agree with the characters. Half, half the time I do, half the time yeah. I do. But There's there are times lines. when anyway, we should finish the plot first. Sure, sure. Well, we... well, well, like that's the point is we broach this stuff as we get to it. So we haven't even gotten to Magneto in the story yet, though. We're like that's having that, Adam. Yeah. So anyway, Jean, we we find out Jean Grey's having problems with her powers. Now she has nightmares and she shakes the bedroom. Um, but uh when well that's happening. They get in the location with the kids. Pyro uses abilities to make some fire come out of the cigarette. And then Xavier freezes the entire room, which is terrifying. Like, I know they had to set up that he can do this so they could do it later with the president. But and it becomes, it, for the rest of the movies, his main power is freezing rooms full of people. It's so weird. Yeah, they really do lean on it a lot. So he... Okay, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna get into my inverse theory. Good. So, again, because 95% of what the X-Men is is Magneto and Xavier. The last movie was just a bad guy using his own powers in an enhanced uh, uh, capacity to be the big MacGuffin. You know, Magneto wanted to enhance his own powers to turn everyone into mutants, however the hell that works. But um, in this one, it's just the inverse of that. It's somebody else wanting to use Xavier to beat the big MacGuffin and give it, give it. Well, it's, it's almost the same movie. It's, it's the almost exactly movie. the plot for but God Loves Man Kills, which is what it's based on. It's a hundred percent the same thing. He he gets Magneto, he drugs him, he brainwashes him, and then uses him to try to kill all of the mutants on the planet using Cerebro. It's the exact same story. That it's, yeah, but uh, the God Loves Man Kills on. didn't have a, a comic before it. That was the inverse of that. Well, I mean, Singer obviously that had was a, a reference. Man Kills two. Singer Singer obviously had a reverence for that story, so perhaps he wanted to put elements of it into his story. Well, I mean, you see he, how it's like basically the same movie twice. Not really. I mean, Magneto wants to turn I, everyone I, into mutants. I see. He what wants you're to turn saying. the entire population. I do. Into but we are we're also in the era of superhero movies that end with a killer device. Yeah, There's a, or a, ba- a big device. army fighting a big army. Well, the the, the the like the 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 super weapon that's like the most ridiculous thing in the movie, Magneto's uh, Statue of Liberty, turning it into a mutantifier in the first one, yes. or weaponizing Cerebro in this one, or Spider Man Two has the power of the sun to palm my hands, or Batman Begins has the turns water into vapor thing, but doesn't <laughs> do, do anything with your bloodstream. Don't forget about the blank slate in the Fantastic Four. The there, there, there's some bananas fucking device in the third act of most of the superhero movies from this era that's going to end the world. That is true. That is very true. true. Yeah, I forgot about that stupid like water. Like it's like we got a machine that basically just makes water like heats up water faster. Like essentially, yeah. it's all it is. It's like it's a giant. It, it's what a pot does. But and know, it's it's so moments. convoluted just to get like uh, it's like a diffuser. It's basically they wanted a diffuser for the the scarecrow toxin. But like, well, I don't want to go off on a big side note about that. But it's like you think about as a writer writing that story. You're like, hey, we got to figure out a way that like every we got to stop everyone. They're going to expose everyone to the fear toxin. Why not just put it in the water? Like that's yeah, just so way easier it. than yeah. They drink but, it and then especially they, it when the rest of the movie is so grounded. Like it's all yeah. like you know it's it's ninjas which exist and it's mobsters which exist and then. It's, it's like we it's need a, we need a reason to have a tr- fight on a train and let's build backwards from that. Aside, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, right. usually it's probably what it was because they're like trains test big now. That's like how movies are made. They're like people like trains. Let's make sure there's a train in this movie. People like uh, inverses of X Men One. We got to inverse X Men One, and then when we inverse, we'll be inverse the inverse, we just do X Men One again. Um, 
it's it's kind of sad how I wish like I know Singer is a problematic figure now, but I would be curious to see if he had just done this as the trilogy and we got his third one, what would have happened? Because I feel it like would have been wa- it would have been wildly different than what we got. I think the third one was probably better without him, and it wasn't good. You're, oh, I just you're crazy. It just would have been the inverse of this again. It just no, would have been another Xavier Magneto Wolverine movie. Yes, of course it. Would. But it was he that. Put any time into it, any. It was other that. Cult. It was that. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. but the, but the MacGuffin in that movie, the, the MacGuffin in that movie is is the Phoenix. That's the only real difference. And the Beast, and Beast was kind of fun. Well, Beast but was he's there. there. He's there. He didn't do anything? Yeah, he jumped yeah. around a little bit. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, put tossed salad and scrambled yeah. eggs all over his face. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Gene, uh, uh, Xavier freezes everybody. Warns Pyro about never doing that sort of thing again. Uh, then they see a news article uh, comes on the news about the attempt on the president's life being caused by a mutant. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're right, Dave. You're right. The third one is the exact same. It's just Phoenix's power. Yeah, Phoenix is the, is the MacGuffin that's going to so destroy he, he the world. 100%. Only to write movies where a mutant power is enhanced as the big MacGuffin. That's the well, same he didn't write the third one. Friggin' times. He I think it's based on like he, his treatment he, or something, but it changed. Oh, was it? It was. Yeah, yeah Ratner just came Well, I mean, listen, you can't, you can't, unless you've read the script or his original script, you can't say that it was exactly the same. But, but I don't have, I, was, I, right? I agree that that is true. About her. Yeah. Just yeah, it's true, but I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. Well, it's a trope for most horror movies, or most superhero movies, right? Like, as you said, at this point. It's Almost just, all of them have some big, big thing that they need to get. I remember. Oh, I wish I was I'm, here for the first that, one because I'm talking so about, about that first yeah. movie. I remember Roger Ebert yeah. being like uh, reviewing the first movie and being like, in the final scene, they were talking to each other like they weren't even sure what their powers were. Like, they, they, <laughs> yeah. like it, these movies are really proto, man. Like Avengers didn't come along yet; they didn't know what to do. So you have to, you have to like. I was not it. kind on the script of the first one because the the dialogue was almost like needless. For most of it, it was just well. They didn't. They didn't yeah. know how to get every character involved in the climax, so they have this insane like, the, okay, Storm, you use wind and blow Wolverine up there. Yeah, uh, Gene, yeah. you steady him. I'll shoot the thing, and Wolverine will claw. Like it, it's just like they, so they all like combine. And also, they they need to use like instead of just using her powers to put Cyclops's visor on his face, they, she has to put it and then t- tilt it yeah. when he shoots into it, so it tilts around and then shoots him right there. I guess uh, that makes sense because he was not straight in front of Cyclops, but. I don't know. It's just, yeah. So it, it is a bit complicated. Um, so I'm gonna go th- freshen up my beer because this movie's driving me to drink. I'll be right back. That's so nuts! Wow, I, I've never disagreed with you so fundamentally before. But anyway, oh, uh, he he, re- he really no, he really I, hates look, all the X Men movies. Everyone, pretty much. You don't hate them. Like, you said this. this. I'm sure movie. we could rewind the tape. Well, no, I to me they're not. They're barely X Men movies, and I've just explained to you in my. In the last ten minutes here, why they're I think they're just barely X Men movies. They're just this Xavier is... Magneto Wolverine movies, and like like this should have been the Wolverine movie because it's around Alkali Lake oh, and all that kind of stuff. But like 100%. the fact that they had already exhausted the shit out of Wolverine in the first movie, which he shouldn't even have been in, like it makes this movie worse. If this like was a big Wolverine introduction, it would have been very exciting and like. But I was already like all over the Wolverine Ken thing. I agree Ken with the Wolverine. things you say, but not why you're <laughs> <Yeah>. saying them. <laughs> it's basically well, what my world tells me about everything I say. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, no. maybe if you just said it different, I'm like, no, that's no, a no, different, no. that's a different story. That's how you antagonize yeah, your co-host on the other story. show. 
has nothing to do yeah, with this. Um, I feel like you get wrapped up in trying to be uh, controversial to the extent of like entertaining that sometimes you forget about how insulting you can be sometimes. Well, on that show? Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> However. Um, but yeah. This, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be super kind on most of these movies. This one's okay. First class is okay. I think this is the best one, honestly. But it's there's a lot of spinning plates, and you know, there's a lot of characters to try to do something with. And like we had this discussion in the first movie that it's like, you know, you can't give everyone a huge character arc, otherwise it would be a, a ten hour miniseries instead of a two hour movie. And um, budgets and special effects are are what they are. Yeah, like it's, it's, and that's going to be like prohibitively expensive to have a final scene where all the X Men are flying around and doing shit like. It'd be till not till 2012 when Avengers came out, and really not till Avengers Ultron when we'd see an ending where like people were using superhero abilities in an action way all at yeah. once. Yeah, and they got like like you know things fall out of the sky and all the robots and everything. Like I guess it was similar to the fight. In New York, even but... even in Avengers One, like Thor has powers and everybody else is just strong. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. not a lot of like there's no like eye beams going on. There's no like pop oh, claws. Man. There's they're, they're trying to do something really difficult, and it's the first time out. You have to be a little understanding that it's a, a bit messy. And this movie's not that messy. Like, no, not as messy as the first one. The first one, like, the, all this bad rope work everywhere. It's just like, there's, if there is rope going to be bad, you don't need Sabretooth to leap weirdly into the woods. Just there are a lot of rope work. There's no need for it too. anyway. There's anytime yeah, there's an explosion, oh. there's all I've noticed that with his, the guards. Every time there's an explosion or like the when they blow up the cop cars, there's always like one guy that goes upside down and then flips and usually hits a tree and then like side oh, yeah, goes off the, to the side. Oh, the tree. He really fucking beasted, actually. <laughs> yeah. I love well, we'll get to that scene. We'll talk about more later when we get there. So, uh, they go back oh, he to wanted, the school. Uh, Dad wanted to get a drink, I think. Actually, oh, right, go ahead. Well, we can keep talking, Davin, while you're you know, you guys got to keep going and knock off some plot, or I'm just going to keep interrupting. Right, go, cool. like, things I'll, that I'll sit quietly <laughs> while you, uh, <laughs> well, no, this is not entertaining. We need to talk about it as we go along. That's the point yeah, of the show. Works. If the mood rises, okay. <laughs> We go back to the school. We see Xavier trying to track, uh, you know, the 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 mutant that attacked the president, and he's having trouble because he, we know he's a teleporter, but they don't know that yet. So he's moving around. He's moving erratically. <laughs> and they, uh, and uh, well, also Wolverine returns to the school. And we see him kind of hang out with uh, Xavier. Uh, see, you know, the how Cerebro works this is how we establish everything that we need for later for the final. Where he shows all yeah. the life on the planet and then all the mutant life on the planet, which he asks Rogue and Iceman how they fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He finds out they're dating. Yeah. And Bob, how, you, Bob... how is that your business, Wolverine? <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be that hard with condoms and you know maybe some kind of placement of a sheet with a hole in it, maybe yeah, or just, something. They could do it. Saran wrap, like mine. Yeah, they could make it work. Uh, you know, they couldn't kiss a lot, maybe, but also saran wrap might help, I suppose. It'd be weird, but whatever. Um, so it, Cyclops and Gene, right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> they're Mormons, they have the sex sheet with the hole in it. The you know, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, god, as if Cyclops wasn't bad in this movie enough already. Oh, yeah, god. he is pretty vanilla. He doesn't do not that well. I have any problem with James Marsden or his acting or his casting. No, but, but he wasn't given a lot. Obviously, just, if, there's nothing. If Brian Singer doesn't care about the X Men, he really doesn't care about Cyclops. Okay, and they so- do not want two white male heroes in the same movie. Like you, uh, you got to sideline one of them. 
Side, side note, does anybody watch the show Jury Duty? It's on Prime. I saw the first episode. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, uh, he is hilarious in it. Like, hilarious. Um, he's fantastic. He, um, Davin, it's a show, it's a reality show where they make a fake trial. And one of the jurors isn't in on the joke, but everyone reality else is an actor. Show. Well, not not in the oh. conventional sense. It's more like a prank they're playing on one guy. Everyone's an actor uh, in this trial, except one juror who thinks it's real. And they just, like, fuck with them the whole time until the end. But James Marsden plays himself, who gets selected for jury duty. Uh, and it's in the box. And he plays himself as a real asshole actor. Keeps reminding people of all the stuff he's in. And, like, it's just a real... It's it's really full of himself. And he's hilarious. He has two lines in the X-Men trilogy. You did. He does, he does mention he was Cyclops. He mentions he's in the notebook a lot, uh, you know, in Sonic and all these other things. It's pretty funny. Oh, the part where he has to explain, like, who he Bo- was Boogie's in Sonic Diner. and what kind of movie Sonic was. That's well, the, very funny. The, the part, the part, Boogie's Diner. The part that killed me on that, well, there's two parts, but the, that part where he, he brings him, uh, he tells me, watch Sonic, and then Blaze Marson's like, did, did you buy it or did you stream it? And he's like, uh, I, I streamed it. And he's like, uh, you should, yeah, I wish you would have bought it. I would have made a dollar if you bought it. <laughs> 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 and then at one point, like early on, when he's in the waiting room, one of the other, like the people that he thinks is just a juror is there. And he's like, I don't really want to do this. What do I have to do to get out of this? And the guy's like, well, the, the guy that's like, doesn't know that's the joke. His name's Ron. He's like, well, I saw this thing on Family Guy, but you know, it was funny. And the guy's like, well, what was it? And he's like, well, he, Peter pretended to be racist to get out of it. And then the guy's like, he goes, well, that was just on this cartoon. And then it cuts later to the guy. And he's standing there. They're asking him, is there any reason why he couldn't be a juror? And he looks over at that Ron, the main guy, and he's looking at him and shaking his head. Like, he's <laughs> like, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's like, comedically, it's an amazing show. But Marston is, I think he got nominated for an Emmy for it. Um, I don't know if you won one, but uh, he's really so. good. Yeah, he's very good. I mean, a version of himself. I'm sure he's not like that in real life. Hopefully, he's very good and very funny in um, Enchanted. Is that the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that movie that the guy had the DVD for Sex Drive, I actually really like. It's it's kind of a goofy teen sex comedy, but it's a good one. Um. So yeah. So Wolverine gets the ins and outs and how Cerebro works. He meets uh, Bobby, who's a little territorial about about uh, Rogue because they're dating now. Um. But then they they send. Storm and Gene off to go find the mutant, which they've pinned down where he might be staying now. And then uh, Cyclops and uh, Professor X go off to visit an old friend. Now, just before that, we meet Stryker, William Stryker, who is a, uh, a government scientist, a soldier scientist slash, who uh, is preparing a statement, who uh, is going to the president to um, get permission to do a secret mission in which he basically is going to invade the school. Uh, he during this meeting <laughs> Senator, have a bunch of kids That's during this plan. meeting Senator Kelly is there who we know from the previous movie is actually mystique in disguise um oh. you know it's Stryker. very uh, it's very post 911 when he describes it to the president as, as a mutant training facility yeah it's like you know remember when the news is all full of these like supposed terrorist training facilities out, yeah. in, out in the woods here and there and stuff yeah, I like. Well, so. we've been able to do our jobs, Mr. President, and that's when the president just cuts him off. He's like, "I don't need to hear that friggin'." Speech. Also, it's so great when he says he shows the picture of the plane, and they're like, "What kind of jet is that?" We don't know, but it comes up out of the basketball court. Mm-hmm. This movie has some great shit in it. It great does. Striker Striker is a really good villain. I lo- like Brian yeah, Cox, a great actor, but he's a great villain in this movie. You really d- dislike him. Oh yeah, but he chews every line like he relishes saying it. Like he does such a good job. 
Um, the best face actors ever. Like he makes a crazy expression with his face on every line of dialogue in every movie I've seen him in. Brian Cox is something. So he gets permission from the president to detain and take some of the kids, but not to kill anybody. Question, question. detain, enter, detain, and question. But the last thing we need is, is to a see the body of a kid. mutant kid on a, on a the six o'clock news. Let that be said. It's just the last thing we need. Yeah, the president's yeah, yeah. not. He's yeah, not yeah, concerned. Yeah, he's not overly concerned about the. Well, maybe he would say that about any kid. If there's an issue with a riot somewhere or something with a minority, he'd probably say it in a similar way. I'm not trying to defend him, but because he does have sort of a redeeming moment towards the end of the movie. Well, um, we start the first thing we know about him. The first thing Pardon. I think you're not a fanboy or anything, President McConaughey. McConaughey, yeah, not at all. <laughs> the first thing we know about this entire time. That's true. Yeah, the, uh, the first thing we know about so. the president, though, is that he wants his assistant to cancel all his meetings for the day because he's having dinner with his son. Yeah, and she's she's like, "We'll do, Mr. President," and not like, uh, "No, you can't do that. You're meeting the Pope. You're the fucking president." Like, <laughs> cancel the Pope. Schedule. But that's that's what lets you know that fundamentally he's a good person. He's just wrapped up in the politics of this. Yeah. How about so, one, Mr. President, how about I cancel one of your meetings for the day so you can dinner? Yeah. How long is, how long is dinner going to be with your eight-year-old son, sir? <laughs> We're going to have dinner, goddammit. It's a nightly Don't affair. started on how much he eats. So, uh... <laughs> so, the, so uh, you know, Kelly, Mystique, as Kelly, is trying to, like, um, you know, temper Stryker's uh, bloodlust here, you know, saying, what do you want a war? And then Stryker gets in his face and says, I've been, like, doing black ops missions in the jungle when you were sucking on your mother's tit at Woodstock. They don't, the war's already started, you know, and it gets very aggressive and, you know, we learn that he is, you know, this type of guy that he's, he needs a war and this is his war. And he's been working on basically saying to him is I'm like 10 to 15 years older than you. Like he's not like (laughs) that much older than he's playing this big, like look there kid. Like it's just a couple of gray hairs going at it. They both, yeah, they don't look that far in age when he says that, but um, he is. This is to establish him, Kelly. And we learn that he's been in charge of dealing with the mutant issue uh, within the government for decades. So, like, longer than you know, Xavier's been around doing his mutant thing because obviously Wolverine was involved in stuff from back in the other movies. And Xavier and uh, Magneto know it. Yes, yes, they do, Uh, because they had a, a dealing with him before, which we'll learn later on. Uh, so we also see that Stryker is, uh, using, uh, is, is visiting Magneto in his prison and, uh, having him beaten and then using a, uh, some kind of a, a drug they put in through a hole in the back of the neck to make him, uh, subservient to give the secrets. Now the president, so we, we learned, they don't need a syringe. It's like this drop. So yeah, they just drop it in. Well, the president asked where they got the, or Kelly asked where they get the information from when they have this meeting with the president. Stryker says that it was uh, a mutant terrorist that they detained from the, the incident in New York. You know, so that's where Kelly learns where Magneto is, or at least the 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 leanings of where Mystique learns that she can get to him later. So we see them, we see how they do this. They basically savagely beat uh, an, an elderly man with a plastic uh, baton and then brainwash him into giving up the secrets of the, the school. And that's how they learned about Xavier's thing. And they're X-Men. beating an, an elderly man with like concentration camp trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's true <laughs> they're not being very nice well he you know for a guy that doesn't like humanity he's been given a lot of reasons to not like humanity so you know i can't say he's wrong he's in the concentration camps the government gets a hold of him and they beat him and drug him and force him to give up secrets against his will Man, um, was right yeah 
So while this is all going on, we see Cyclops and and uh, Xavier go to go meet with Magneto. Magneto talks with. Uh, they leave Cyclops behind. Also, we meet Eureka, who is William Stryker's uh, assistant, um, who we know as Lady Deathstrike later. But uh, Kelly Hughes. That's all we need to say about her. Doesn't do a lot. She, uh, in fact, she's kind of a tragic figure, and we'll get to that a little later. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's a she very really gets the, uh, the the Jurassic World personal assistant treatment. The one who gets like eaten by like six pterodactyls and then the Mesosaur gobbles her. Like, she's like, she wants mind control this whole time. Like, did she deserve this? Yeah, not real, not at all. In fact, they even see her eyes go back to normal human color. We'll get to that later. So, um, uh. So anyway, then uh, it's like Professor X goes to meet Magneto. They have a bit of a conversation where Magneto decides to goad him more and more. And then we learn that Magneto admits that he's being uh, drugged and giving up the secrets to Striker. Well, first he tells Xavier that Striker is the one who's been visiting him, who they both Magneto, know as. Magneto has been in his cell reading The Once and Future King. Yes, I was going to bring that up later because it comes up at the end of the movie. It's a great book. I read it. Um. If you're familiar with that book, Davin, have you read the book? Read it, but I'm familiar. The movie, actually, the Disney movie, The Sword in the Stone, is kind of an adaptation of it. But it's mostly about different types of power as for King Arthur's learning how to rule as a kid being taught by Merlin. And Merlin uh, shows him all the different, by transforming him to different animals and bringing him to different places, he sees how people rule over other people and the different ways you can do that. And it's a lot of about, you know, how are you going to rule when you're in charge? Or how are you going to look, how are you going to wield the power that you're given? So it's a theme that obviously freeze plays in rooms. Yeah. That's how you wield the power you're given. You freeze the rooms with it. So they, ga they, they gas at Professor X, knock him out. Uh, they try to dart uh, Cyclops. He manages to fight back, but then gets taken down by Deathstrike, who we learned here has impressive martial arts skills and is uh, pretty strong. She's always cracking her fingers too, which we know because she has claws later that come out. I, I don't I don't mind Lady Deathstrike beating Cyclops, but give me a fight scene. At yeah, least. it's barely not, a fight oh. scene. Okay, I'm gonna not one boot to one the lips and he's down. There's not one good choreographed fight scene in this movie or the previous movie. Well, like, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler Nothing's cool. I mean, I guess it's kind at of the time cool. it was breathtaking. Wolverine's yeah, it was, but I, I Wolverine slicing through some so. of the people attacking the school. Oh, yeah, there's some too. cool stuff with Wolverine yeah. fighting the dudes. Yeah. The, it's all in the first half. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, that um, that scene's probably the best scene in any of these movies. Wolverine's trying to defend them. So when uh, so when Wolverine came back, they said he was going to left behind to babysit the kids. He can't sleep, so he gets up, notices a bunch of other kids awake. One is, um, do we have a name for this kid? The kid that's watching TV and doesn't sleep? Hardy. That's already already the kid watching no, TV and called, the kid with, with the tongue. Well, every were two kid is kids. Hardy. All right, the kid watching TV and the kid with the tongue were two different kids. Yeah, this this kid has glasses and like a mop top. So he he's changing the channels Leech. by blinking his eyes. He also <laughs> well, he also doesn't sleep. So then when he goes to the kitchen, he runs into Bobby, who also is having trouble sleeping. He frees the string for them. They're hanging out and chatting. Then we see uh, Wolverine sense that the, something's happening. This is the school is being invaded. We see Artie get tranked by the, the guards and them tranking kids all over the room. Some of their powers are being used, like one screams uh, to, to hurt everyone. That was Siren. Siren. That was Siren. Siren. Yeah. yeah. That one uh, takes you. That was actually one of the few good placements of a character they put in here. Like, she couldn't be a kid at that school. She, it was a good use of her power. 
know, yeah. some no, I, I agree. Even. Like that, that was one of the. If I got to make it a like I right. said, if you have a, a, a disposable kid and you have a hundred thousand characters to choose a from, disposable in kid. Universe. We got we got fucking <laughs> Reverend William Stryker over here. Over I meant here. like a, a disposable character, not <laughs> yeah, the kids. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not saying all kids should die. Uh, just saying maybe one or two. Yeah, or, case by case basis. Yeah, exactly. You know, we have, we have, we well, must control the, the means of commerce, <laughs> of production. <laughs> <laughs> the trains will run on time. All right. Um, so, yeah. So there's a big fight here uh, in which Wolverine fights with all these soldiers, rips them all to shreds, basically. And we see some interactions with Colossus, who's also awake at the time, uh, you know, meddling up and fighting some other people as well. Um, during they the just fight. just made him Russian. Like, again, a lazy choice. It, like, he, he has two lines anyway. They could have said it in Russian. No, see, I disagree with it being a lazy like, choice. So it's lazy. like if you, it's not lazy. It's like you just want more from that character. And they need, we need a big character who's strong to help the kids get out of the school. So we can't and to necessarily. not make an audience who doesn't know the X-Men that well go like why is he russian like it just it'd be a distraction really that yeah this guy has this huge russian this is a school accent. for mutants is it just a school for american mutants but i mean it's, it, it's, it, it's simplifying things in the same way that giving spider-man organic web shooters was like they were they were asking the mainstream audience to like roll with a lot of stuff so that and some also, stuff got streamlined and also like like i said it's it's kind of like I guess they probably assume they'll probably get a third movie out of this, but maybe they're hoping they could do more with him in the third movie, like they did more with certain characters from the first movie in this one. So, you know, Rogue has more. Well, I guess Rogue had a lot of the first one too, but we get Iceman, you know, we get other stuff. So it's not like I'm pro no Russian accent, but no, I agree. Yeah. I would have preferred why he was Russian and dead. Yeah. Well, that's no, he's a, he's a character who does more stuff. So like, to to the, to a person in the audience who doesn't know X Men, this is just a random mutant with a random ability appearing. And if you start yep. piling on stuff that make him a character, then you're just like, "Why am yeah. I learning so much about this dude who's not yeah. important to the film at all?" The X Men, though, like that's what I want. I want more. I, I grant this. He I draws, sir. <laughs> well, he that's draws it, like, a picture of uh, Iceman. We know that's true. He does draw. Movie. Yeah, he shows the he shows another kid a picture of Iceman getting kissed by Rogue. Oh, and he's yeah. Like, yeah, and him getting shocked. So he does draw. So there's that note yeah. too. They they, they put yeah, in they, what they, they could, I think, with the the space they had. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, we Colossus... never heard a Russian accent from Black Widow until like her own movie. Yes, that's true. Very true. It was a different so, time. I never pictured her with one. Strangely enough, though, like, I oh, read really? I, 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 I certainly did. She was written with it. one at different times, way back in the day. They definitely, mm. depending on the writer or the way they, they did the lettering, her her dialogue had a Russian bent to it. So Wolverine manages to take out a bunch of them, sends the kids off. Uh, you know, helps them get out with help of Colossus. Uh, sends Bobby Pyro and uh, Rogue off down a secret passageway. And then when he's on his way tearing through people, he's met with William Stryker, who recognizes him uh, as Wolverine. Um, and is quite surprised that Xavier takes in, you know, animals. Here, first, Wolverine a lot is an animal. It's not a human. It's, it's something else, a creature. Um, and, you know, admits that he knows who Wolverine is, and they have a past. Wolverine, of course, has no memory of it. But Stryker uses a, a code word, nature, which makes Wolverine's claws descend back into his, his body, implying that, you know, Stryker had something to do with his programming. Uh, Wolverine, of course, is, wants to know more, but the kids turn back to come help him, and they make an ice wall between them. 
which allows them to help Wolverine go. Wolverine wants to stay, but actually, I like this moment where he's like, "I can, I can, I can look after myself, or I can, I, I'll be fine." And then, they, and then Rogue says, "We won't. Like they need, he need, they need him." Which is what turns him around from his mission to get answers. And actually, it's kind of a continuing theme that it's sort of like the family he's built now and the life he has now is almost more important than trying to find the answers. Um, more importantly, later, but it is a theme that kind of carries out towards the end of the story. So Wolverine takes off with them. They steal Cyclops's car, which is a running gag with Wolverine stealing Cyclops's modes of transportation. And uh, they take off. And uh, we learned earlier that Bobby's family lives in Boston and they don't know that he's a mutant. They uh, think he's at a uh, private school. So they decided... Yeah, the that... only good line they ever give Cyclops in these movies is when Wolverine shows up with his bike. It's like, your bike's out of gas. And he throws the keys back at him. He's like, then fill her up. <laughs> yeah, throws it back in. Even then, though, Cyclops catches the keys like this. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wolverine does this. Wait, where's my hand? Oh, Wait, I know. He's, he's, he is a... he's pretty milk toast. Yeah, he's well, Cyclops. Just oh, he's so scared of the keys, and they get thrown. Wolverine doesn't give a fuck. Boom, yeah. he's got him. So and then, see... and then the Cyclops, the, the listening to End Sync or whatever, like that. Yeah. Surprising coming from Brian Singer, that that, that is like clearly uh, like a. This guy's gay. Boy band's yeah. gay. So in in the car, uh, Pyro goes in front of the music. I'm and glad it's, you're it's here, really Dave. loudly. Can you come here for all of these movie reviews. <laughs> Actually, it, it's good. Dave's a good buffer because, like, he's somewhere between my in my. This case, like, yes, I am yeah. between you two. Yeah, he's. Some, I'm, I'm okay. closer to you, Andre. I'm closer. Yeah, to you I agree. I am between you. But you do you do manage to make Davin's stuff funny and not mean, which makes it easier <laughs> easier to get through. <laughs> it's okay to be mean to a movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. but it, it doesn't usually stay there. Um, it makes Andre sad. <laughs> so uh, we see Mystique uh, take the form of of uh, Lady Deathstrike and then break into a facility to get access to learn where Charles is being or uh, Magneto is being kept. Uh, at the same time, she sees notes about the Cerebro two they're building based on the what they the information they've gotten from Magneto. Um, then we see the the crew that escaped get to Iceman's parents' house in Boston. Uh, where they're waiting to meet up with Storm, uh, Gene, and Nightcrawler, who are on their own side mission, because he finds a phone in the car that lets him talk to them. It's an X phone, as their their own line. They track Nightcrawler down to an abandoned church somewhere, where um, they have a little location with them. Phone? What is this? What is this? It's a weird looking phone. Like, could it just be a phone? Screen? Like, it's like a cell phone from 2003 with no screen. Like, couldn't it have just been a phone? Like, why did it have to be this fancy X shaped thing? Like, it could have just been a phone. You know, like it. Or like, or like a a satellite phone or whatever, right? Like, it didn't. Not everything needs to be branded X Men. Because it stands for extra power. Good point. It's it is very extra powerful phone. So they track down Nightcrawler, who uh, is hiding in this church. He's trying to intimidate them with his powers. Did you ever they... watch um, Tim and Eric? Yeah, oh, yeah. The Cinco phone? Oh, yeah. That oh. only takes calls. You can't make an outgoing <laughs> call with the Cinco phone? I quote, <laughs> I quote the Cinco sleep time party mask all the time. Uh, the one where you just wear this mask, you're on a yeah. thing, and you're just asleep, and you're at a party, and it just like talks. That, yeah. I understand. Thanks for coming. But, I understand. That's what the X-Men have is a Cinco phone. <laughs> so, um, you know, they try to intimidate him, or he tries to intimidate them with his powers. They use theirs to knock him out of the rafters, and Gene uses theirs to stop him from teleporting away. Um, then they have a, they learn that he doesn't remember doing everything. It was only when he got shot that he came to, and that he remembers nothing after just hiding out in the church where he lives. And that's where they learn about his scars uh, when they they patch up his uh, bullet hole. 
And when they ask about the hole in the back of his neck, he didn't even know it was there. And that's what leads them towards figuring out, you know, us knowing that he was brainwashed by Stryker as well, which is, you know, which is funny that Stryker like let him go, you know, like Stryker just like after he did his, because we, we learned get, it away. When he gets shot, it snaps him out of it. So he doesn't that's, return to base, basically. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So he would have, he may, he may have, he had carried out what he's supposed to do, gone back to Stryker and then continued. Yeah. Um, he would have been, been like Lady Deathstrike otherwise, but. Even though Lady Deathstrike gets punched a lot and it doesn't snack her out of it, uh, a bullet does, for whatever reason, God. It was God. It was God. Do sex machina. Well, this so, is an American movie. Bullets are God. Uh, yeah, good point. Xavier comes too, and we. He I don't has like a face politics in my comics. That's <laughs> right. I don't like politics in my X Men. I don't, don't want you making X Men all political with like social messages <laughs> and stuff. Why would you do that? It's just a fun superhero story about guys and girls in colorful costumes fighting each other with powers. You guys um, get so woke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I got some literature. Um, so may, uh, Xavier comes too as the face to face striker. We learn that. Uh, Striker's son was sent to Xavier's school to deal with his power, his powers, although Xavier had trouble, wasn't able to help him. Um, when he went back home, he punished, blamed his parents for his condition, punished them by by uh, beaming horrifying images in their heads. And Striker's wife used a power drill to try to drill them out in her temple and kill her, um, which led him to obviously believe that mutants are blight. He has a, a, a and blames Xavier for not being able to help him, I suppose, and using this all is this like a twist. Dave, what do you think? Is this character... No, because it's mentioned well like before. Off of, like, Brodius mixed with Legion. It's, uh, I mean, he's, it's Jason. It's, like, it's Jason, it's, so he's, uh, he's mastermind, is this guy, right? Yes, yeah, Jason, Jason. Oh, you think that, that's Jason Weingard? Yes, that's who I think this Jason is. Weingard? Oh. Uh, in, in, he, in, he's an illusionist. He casts illusions. Yeah, that makes sense. In, in um, the, oh in God, the, if you look up, the son of William Stryker. Okay. Now here, I'll point out that I don't think William Stryker is a reliable narrator. Oh, uh, fair enough. I agree. I think okay. he was already involved in using mutants as weapons when he found out that his son was a mutant. Took him to Professor X, who he, in his understanding, had like some kind of cure for this sort of thing. Didn't work out, and when the kid got back home, life was hell for him, and he took it out on his parents. Just like I don't, I don't think that he was just fucking back. around or whatever. I think that his parents were pieces of shit. Probably had some of it coming, and then, you know, as he gave in to doing those kinds of awful things, Jason got worse and worse, and eventually drove his mother crazy. But, yeah. I can't believe I never clued into that though, Jason. Actually, Jason according to the internet, because he's he's listed as Jason six seven eight three or whatever they call him in the movie. Um, he's a supervillain, the son of William Stryker in the comics. He was introduced in the oh. God Loves Man Kills. His character was later reintroduced in all new X-Men 19 from 2013. He's officially given the name Jason Stryker in that version. At this time, Jason's mother, Marcy Stryker, got pregnant. Her father, William, was still a colonel. After the couple crashed the car in Nevada Desert, Marcy went to labor, forced Stryker to deliver the baby. So he's the surviving baby. Yep. Fell unconscious in the process upon well, waking up. They, to... In that God Loves Man Kills, he says he kills the baby. William, yeah, William saw his son's birth, a sign from God, causing him to turn to a religious fanatic. As an adult, Jason joined. However, Jason was kept alive, and Stryker res resorted to AIM to treat his son's mutant condition. That's what they did later. As an adult, he joined the Purifiers to continue his father's work. So he's not and Jason Wingard. He's just a Jason Stryker. Yeah, Jason Stryker. Okay. He's Fair. in the Ultimate. He's in the Ultimate Marvel Universe as well, and in the film, he's he's shown in Wolverine Origin as well in a cameo. But uh, yeah, so that's his stance. So anyway, 
we we learn this is where Xavier surmises that the, the attack on the president was created by Cox to give him and stir up enough fear that they will give him permission to, to enact this plan. Cox, eh? Right. Uh, and then you know, the, and he also mentions that Cyclops is getting a re-education, meaning that they're programming him with the the. the oh, we also learned that the stuff they use to control people is uh, is literally fluid from the brain of his own son, who he lobotomized and uh, and uses as a weapon. He says his son is dead, and this is just a weapon, basically. Um, which is his son Jason, who has two different colored eyes and uh, has a big scar on his head and is in a wheelchair. And uh, they use his brain goo to uh, mind control other people. See, for me, that I didn't really like that motivation. I was, like I love Brian Cox's performance and like everything up to this point with Striker, I love. But I didn't need the personal element to it, like that he had this whole past with his son. Well, it matches the William. I liked him better as of. just like a guy raging against all mutants without kind of that the personal. Yeah, you think that it's like, better. Like he's, the comic he, book Striker. He's just you more think of it's, a fanatic. Well, no, in the comic, he his son was a mutant, and then he killed him, and then his wife, you know, like so. That's it's, that's true, but he it, does have a reason. It was like this fanatic against all. But he, but like, because that character was so religious, he believed that that was God punishing or his or punishing. He didn't think he did anything wrong. He think his wife did something wrong. And that was God punishing her. So, uh, but where you think Stryker has this, like in for most of this movie, he just has this philosophical belief. That mutants hmm. are a problem and a danger because through his military training, he sees threats, places, and things like that. I just feel like they kind of destroy that a bit, and then it's like, oh, it's all just like every other movie where everybody has to be the brother or the son. Like everybody's always a family member in every friggin' yeah. Movie. No, it's all yeah. I know it's just it's just a quick way to make to make yes, some extra like so emotions. It's like that, cheap so. emotional stakes, yeah. But like, well, it's also it's 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 a quicker way than than showing. Like there has to be an emotional stake, and it's. I'm not saying you're wrong because you're right, but it's just a, a quick device in movies to build more of a relationship between two people than than you might have time for to do normally. Yeah, it, it works. It works can, just very well as the extra. Like the this is how far he went to reach his goals of yeah. know, defeating the mutant menace. He, he lobotomized he his own to, son. No, he didn't. He didn't do this to like a yeah. random kid. He did it to his son. Yeah. And yeah. he feels like he had his reasons, but he's a fucked up dude. He sure is. So uh, the 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 crew that go to get Nightcrawler. Um, while this is going on, we see the X Men that escape hiding out of Bobby's house. His parents come home. He has to tell them he's a mutant. They of course aren't taking it super. They're not taking it terribly, uh, but they're also they're not. He's breaking it to them. Yeah, I love when they ask, "What kind of professor are you?" And he says, "Art." Yeah. <laughs> he's a professor at the school, and he's like, "The dad's like, what kind of professor are you?" He's art. Couldn't he have said Jim? Like, did it have to be it's like Jim? Like, yeah, Jim. Yeah. I, I would have said Jim too. Because <laughs> uh, look at him; he looks like a gym teacher. He's still got '80s hair. He's all jacked. He's wearing a white beater. Like, you know, he's not. This is just so. Um, the brother, Bobby's brother, upon learning he's a mutant, runs away and goes upstairs and calls the police. Um, yeah, so the, poli the police show up and we get to see Pyro, who's frustrated with having to hide his abilities, use them to fuck up the police cars with all these acrobatic displays sure of strewn all around. There's one where one the, the car, one like I mentioned earlier, spins and hits a tree and spins the other way. It's, just, it's a lot of spinning with some of these explosions. Absolutely off. Um, the fight and the, the action sequences in these movies phoned it in. They might be you're watching it with the wrong eyes. 
the wrong. But you had you had you have to take into context when it was made too, right? Yeah, like, you're watching the way that I watched. You're made. watching it the way I watched Superman in 2003, where like I was comparing it to stuff coming out then, and like then all you needed was a, a picture of a ship, a big boat in a city street. Superman dropped this boat in the city street. You didn't even see it happen in 1978. That was wondrous. That was wonderful. And you kind of need to watch it through that lens of what what was capable, what they were capable of at the time. Well, True Lies came out like ten years before this, and is a thousand times better. There's <laughs> no, no superpowers in True Lies. I mean, yeah, even no, the Matrix like, looks like garbage. There's no now. superpowers in these movies either, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't true. even know what that means. Everybody's got well, superpowers. Like, like Cyclops movies. shoots his beams off. What? Like, does he even do it in this movie? Yes. The whole he thing is basically... He shoots at Gene like a million times later on. And yeah. uh, he takes up the two guards uh, before Lady Deathstrike. Um, and, takes, and knocks her down with him too before she does, gets to him. Does Storm do any powers in this movie? Yeah, she uh, attacked... Storm is more powerful in this movie than she's ever in the movies before or since. She, she uses creates like a million tornadoes. Yeah, um, she uses the lightning during the... the which we're getting to, but uh, she also uses the lightning to knock Nightcrawler out of the... Like the blow up. Lightning strikes the band, the the rafter he's on to make him fall. So Gene can catch she, him. She uh, creates an ice storm to uh, freeze Jason Striker. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the of his powers, and uh, she also makes. Uh, she's the one who cuts the electricity in the final scene. And her accent mysteriously disappears. Yes, it is. It's gone. <laughs> that's that's it goes, another power. Like, I think she brings it back, and then it goes again. She's she's the worst casting in this movie um, by far. Yeah, this is what it's it sad, is. Because it's my favorite character, and like I, I can't really forgive any movie that does that. Yeah, so, fair enough. You know, so, um, so yeah, so then the cops show up. Then Gene and them show up to pick up because uh, they get a call on the phone, the X phone, to pick them up and figure out what to do next. When that's happening, they're chased by uh, the military, who uh, were were probably tipped off by when the because of everything going on with the fight. They, they basically like make a slide side note to John, to Pyro, for causing all this destruction because it, it obviously put them in a higher bracket of being t- chased after by the by the police, I guess, who have jets now, or at least the military. So there's a whole scene where they're shooting missiles at them and the Storm's making whirlwinds to try to distract, distract them. Jean's using her powers to, to dis- send the missiles away before they strike the ship. However, uh, she gets spread a little too thin, and one does clip the ship, causing it to go into a tailspin and crash. But before they hit the ground, they're saved by... Oh, yes, I didn't get to this point yet. So earlier, after um, uh, Mystique learned about... uh, Mystique learned about the guy, like, where he was being held. She got records on the employees, found the guy that's, like, his jailer, uh, tracked him to a bar, appeared as herself, uh, came on to him, got him into the bathroom, drugged him, got him into the bathroom, and when he passed out, um, and put a syringe in his ass, and then you know, sent him on his way. So, when he goes in to deal with Magneto, Magneto kind of awakens and says, There's something different about you. And he, uh, he's like taking out his baton to beat him again. And then Magneto says, Too much iron in your blood, and literally takes all the iron out of his blood, uh, killing him. And then makes this is the best little... scene. This is a really good scene, whole franchise. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. And it's something, it's something that's like so raw and crazy, like it's like. When when the MCU gets the Magneto, it's not going to be this good. It's not I agree. Be this good. It's not, but I, do, I disagree with you there. I mean, it's going to be hard to get an actor that good, but 
They can make it more like Magneto. You know what? The, the it's casting... going to be hard to top this scene, maybe, but they can do it. There's been Magneto scenes in the One of the castings that came out of them saying what they're going to do with that was Daniel Craig. And for some reason, I keep thinking I like that idea. I think he'd be a good Magneto. I don't know. I mean... I'm very bad at picturing actors in roles. I, I think he would if be I, great. If I saw it, I'm sure I'd love it. I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, like his, his American accent's pretty solid when he does one. Not not the Knives Out one, but like in Logan Lucky or some of those other movies. And he doesn't need an American accent. Yeah, I mean... No, he doesn't. That's right. He could be whatever, but... Um, he's uh, Magneto. He needs an Eastern New York. That's true, accent, that's true. Which that's he's true. done before. He's, he's a, Although, he's a I mean, in, in, for in time, of, they're going to have to advance him. He can't be a concentration camp uh, survivor. And Days of Future Past, he has two different accents. That is true, depending on what time timeline you're in. Uh so they uh yes yeah, three so he, actually since the little kid did have a german accent he, he makes these balls uh you know to the metal use it the, as bullets basically to kill everyone and then turn them that into ass, platforms to walk it's very cool scene when he the turns one mist, into the platform good stuff yeah oh it's super good so then you know and when he and when l'oreal first walks in and magneto still pretending to sleep and yeah miles because yeah you see him metal. you see a ping oh, in it so that he recognizes he feels that there's the his blood so, um, yeah, he just goes, No, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like you are it's so screwed now, you're so screwed. But yeah, so before the jet hits the ground, he is stopped by Magneto, who is with Mystique, and uh, in the middle know. of the woods, for yeah, some I'm not movie. sure why he was there. It's the movie's <laughs> big, big, like you're supposed to like dovetail your, your plots together, but they had no reason for, for Magneto to be walking with Mystique yeah. in the middle of the woods. You don't have to explain that to your audience, but you definitely can't have a Russian because that would require too much well, explanation. I mean, that's a pretty big one. You would have to have a whole scene explaining why he was tracking the X-Men or how he got to where they were. I'd assume... I, I, I guess it's supposed to be they're both heading toward the same place. But yeah. how do they get there on fucking foot? Well, actually, they don't know where they're going yet. because. Oh, so what are they doing there at all? Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't know yet. It's worse... It's the only thing sad. I can use to explain it is that Magneto was trying to get to the X-Men to get to Charles to work together on this, but uh, that's the only explanation in my head canon I can come up with. But how he would have known where they so were how at does Bobby's he know? place. But how Maybe does he, he was listening to the radio scanner and heard that they were at Bobby's parents' house. I don't know. So he's got like a, he's got like a police scanner. He's got totally where were like the sitting on back in... Boston. Well, I, well, I remember Charles mentioning one of the students' parents were in Boston and decided to get out and luckily enough boy. the first one um and think about the distance between boston and alberta yeah yeah magneto was somewhere <laughs> along that perfect line <laughs> uh movies you gotta give this movie such a bigger rating than it deserves andre yeah, you're damn right I am. It's a, so well, am I. I mean, yeah. you can check my letterbox right now to see what rating I'm getting. Well, I haven't rated it on letterbox yet, but I will probably do that after this. Um, so, yeah. So then we, uh, then they, they have a little powwow, hang out, and uh, learn about what I shouldn't have used that word. I'm sorry. Um, a little, little hangout where uh, they kind of compare notes, and Stryker tells them that, or he tells them that that Stryker has been interrogating him. He that they're building another Cerebro. And that he knew about it because he helped Charles build it back in the day. Um, so that explains all that stuff. Uh, but then they're trying to figure out where they got to go to find him with the... Because Stryker did manage to get six kids, I think they say, uh, out of the school. Yeah, the rest had gotten like away. Uh, so they got to go find him. Well, at least get... three Arties. Three what? Arties. Oh, yeah, three Arties. You got six Arties at the school. <laughs> it's a lot of Arties. 
<laughs> the Artie to Leach ratio is just off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're studying. Look at these Arties. Brian so Singer, the X Men's nothing but Magneto, Xavier, and Arties and Leeches. He doesn't care about anything. Um, yeah. So then they decide they need to, you know, use Gene's powers to try to go into memory and figure out where the he's from. Of course, Wolverine assumes that it's him that they need to do that to. Uh, but you know, Charles tried before, but then you know, Magneto. I, I do like this little connection that they have, where Magneto keeps saying, "Like it's not about you." Like this is like the well, third it's like time. The last movie. It's almost yeah, exactly. like the exact same it, plot as the it, last well, movie. It's, it's called a callback. Wolverine thing. Yeah. It's, it's called a callback. Call and your whole movie's a callback. It's not called a callback. It's back. not the whole movie, dude. It's not, and it isn't because this time Wolverine is the the like linchpin, basically. Like this is like it all involves stuff from his past, blah blah blah. Yeah, this should have been the Wolverine. But, but it's but it's kind of coincidental. Like Wolverine being there isn't related to Stryker's plan. It Stryker didn't even know he was there until Stryker attacked the school. So it just happened. Stansley fell backwards into him having, you know, running into Magneto again. But Magneto played no, or sorry, Magneto, uh, Wolverine. But Wolverine played nowhere in his plans. Um, if anything, uh, Wolverine's involvement is what undoes his plans because, you know, they have enough connection with information they get from this and when they get to everything else that it, you know, but anyway. So Magneto. How Stryker can't resist Wolverine. He like comes to the door. He's like, oh, who's come home? Let him in, let him in, let him in. This is a good one. I love this little clawed bastard. <laughs> well, you are not quite there yet. But they uh, they decide, you know, Manu says, I'm not talking about you. They're talking about Nightcrawler because Nightcrawler was was taken there and reprogrammed. So they go into his brain and find out these Alkali Lake and that they have a secret facility under the facility Wolverine was at before. Uh, and then they decide to go there and come up with a plan. The plan, of course, sending in Mystique as Wolverine to go right to the front gate. And try to get Except let when in. You're Wolverine, though, you go all the way to Alberta, Alkali Lake. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then go, and you're, you just missed it. Back. You missed it by that much. <laughs> you think but it would have wrapped on some walls or something? Well, yeah, you think you think they would have you think they would have secure like if Striker's base is there and someone's like we have footage Somebody of Wolverine wander around up top, he'd be like peak his interest, right? Enough that he would probably get involved, or at least they try to take him down. It's and another bottle. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's deeper. Like maybe he didn't go that far into the facility. I don't know. I guess I don't need to explain it. I didn't write it. So, the wrong uh, lake. Although I do like that uh, Stryker looks at him and, and says, "I recognize my own work." Something I never forget is my own work. Uh, kill whatever that is, and then because the, he recognizes right away that it's not Wolverine. Uh, so then you yeah. know, with the the ruse blown, it was slick. I like that. Then it just becomes a big battle, basically with. Uh, them all fighting all the guards, Cyclops fighting Gene, who is brainwashed, and eventually Gene manages to break him of that. Uh, Logan gets in a fight with... Um... Oh, yeah, earlier on, when they were talking to Xavier, we see uh, Lady Deathstrike like, looking at her hands and kind of coming out of the brainwashing, and then Stryker puts more stuff, goo in her neck, and she gets snaps back to it. But so Xavier's like, for a mutant hater, you keep interesting company. Yeah. So, <laughs> But to him, they're weapons, right? He doesn't... Uh, so... You think you want to keep a few of them around, you know, as weapons against other I, countries? I have, have headcanon. I have headcanon. What, what yeah. turned him from, like, these are useful tools. When he realizes at some point off screen that a mutant can be born anywhere. So it, it can't be something that the U.S. can exclusively use to, like, Yeah, that's a great point. Overseas. That is a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good point. So then Wolverine is a big fight with her. Um, oh, well, just before that fight, 
he does have a face-to-face with striker for a second where because wolverine comes across where he was made basically and has flashed of memories of being injected with the adamantium and he sees the the liquid adamantium and striker says the problem with adamantium is you need to keep it keep it hot to keep it a certain temperature because once it cools it becomes unbreakable so uh you know they have this big pot of it stand like this you know it's it's the Chekhov's gun once you once you bring it in you know they're going to use it so then and he says i used to think you were the only the only one but uh you know you're the only animal of your kind but i found another and then we see death strike she has i was uh, wrong adamantium like fingernails that come out that are long spike things. They get in a big fight. She which is, is like her whole horror. This fight actually was pretty cool. I thought like it wasn't. Yeah, it is. Long. And I also think when cool. Mystique fights the uh, the guards when she reveals that she's Mystique, there's right. some cool flippy action. Yeah, she does there. do some pretty cool flippy. Okay, stuff. I'm gonna burn another X point. Then I'm burning a lot of X points. But like, why does Mystique have like friction powers in these movies? She has, oh, she's like, so slippery. <laughs> Well, and the opposite, like she can stick to walls, so she has she can oh, like increase her friction because she, she wants can to jump and stick to walls because but she like, can change her surface density. But, but then, like, <laughs> she can make it all she patty or she can make it all super slippy. Yeah, she can make yeah. it super slippy. She can make herself have like sliding. virtually no detail whatsoever. Or yeah, because she, she makes her hands scales. Yeah, okay, all right, you've convinced me. But it looks silly when she goes sliding under that door and gives them. No, nah, she gives a finger, like, brother. She gives a rope. Like, <laughs> well, how do you terrible. think how do you think effects work, Davin? That's what they do. They probably pull no, her with a rope and then use security to take it out. Better, like you can make things look better. Like there's the middle a finger lamp some, Okay, what there's uh, a difference between me doing some special effects for a movie or like Tom Savini. Doing okay, Davin, so your I homework. Mean, there's levels to this shit. Your homework like, is to go home and watch the Jet Li movie, The One, and you tell me okay. if the, the the special effects and the fighting in that is better than this. Just like to, just because that was around like the same time, thing, like it was it was a big special Tiger effects movie. It was like, no, no, no. You don't remember one. this movie? Jet Li plays a guy. One. It's a, it's I've one that on. It. It's one we we thought almost brought up for the meta for the multiverse episode because it's a guy who who there's a criminal from another reality that looks just like him, also played by Jet Li, who's killing all of his other alternates from different parallel so, universes because he gets stronger. It's kind of like Highlander, and then uh, so this one guy from one world has to fight his double from another world. Um, I feel like Jason Statham's in it too early when he was young, but it's a it's a big multiversal fight thing, and it's full of kung fu and special effects. Because I I don't think it's probably much better than this. And that was that movie was all that. Everything in the era was really floaty. Everything. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, this was the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sort of thing. So we did get a lot of that at the time. But uh, anyway, so we we basically learn during all this uh, earlier on during the fighting thing that the whole plan is they're building another cerebro they're brainwashing xavier they're with the aid of jason to have him use cerebro to oh this comes up in the talk yeah, i feel like i glossed over a few things but this comes up in the talk earlier where they say that xavier's so powerful he could kill everyone with cerebro and that's when they know what what's happening so cox is or uh <laughs> striker's going to use uh drugged xavier with the aid of his lobotomized son and the cerebro unit they built at their their facility to have him kill all the mutants on the planet by using the helmet. Uh, Magneto has the helmet that protects him from that, so that comes into play a little bit. There's also a nice moment where we see him interacting with Pyro on the plane on the way here, where Pyro is kind of dismissive of his own powers because he can't create fire. And Magneto has a great line where he says, you're a god among ants. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. Because he has such a high view of mutants over humans that you, no matter what your ability is, you're better than them. What's your real name? 
Yeah, and he says your name's Pyro. He does like yeah. John's his human name. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, See, I do like that. Oh no! I'll, I'll wait till we get into the. We'll get into it about Magneto. But can you imagine two Magnetos in these movies, and they're both Ian McKellen? It depends, like what line he's giving. Can you imagine? Oh, there's 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 two in the next movie. They're drastically different characters for the same reason. But uh, the the um, the idea that like like imagine if if Magneto got his wish, so the whole world were mutants. We're all mutants. None of us have regular names anymore. All our names are like oh, names gosh. we chose. We chose to match our powers. How many pyros many do you think are going to be running yeah. around? Like, what's the mail system going to look like? It's like, okay, yeah. there's this, there's nine. Everyone's going to pick a cool name. There's like, all right, well, there's 10 million pyros on the planet. Uh, the ten, the ten we over this, there wouldn't guys. be 10 million pyros. In Magneto's plan, everybody just gets slippery water power. <laughs> well, we don't know that for sure. That might have been no, Kelly's we specific. Know. We know it. Leech like power, I guess. Well, I don't know what he turns into. Like, uh, goo? Is he jello? Goo powers. He turns into a fluke worm. That's his power. power. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I mean, some mutants. It, it's it's a it's a gamble. Some some people yeah, get a, a gross to live forever. Man, just some just, people get to live forever, like, and some people become jellyfish men. That's just how the roll the dice. Xavier thing. This Xavier plan for him to use Xavier's power, and the fact that see this works if this is the last movie. But if you plan on doing a franchise after this, this is kind of a bad plot to do. I feel like because. Everyone in the world now knows that Xavier can do this because they all feel it when he's well. They don't know it's Xavier. No, they they're never giving an explanation for it. Yeah, they do actually no, explain but it like, later. Certainly, some humans will put this together, so it's like it'll be known by some humans. So the like, president doesn't even know who Xavier is at this point because Xavier introduced himself later. Well, Xavier so. gives him like a file that explains a lot of stuff. It must like cover at least yeah. kind of what happened. Yeah, I would assume so. If, but for me, though, it's just everyone should be gunning for Xavier all the time. Every X Men movie after this. Well, he does. He does kill all the X Men and make the world worse in the Logan. So maybe they should have killed him. Yeah, uh, well, Logan picks it up again. So during all of this, uh, this fighting, uh, you know, as I mentioned, all the the Wolverine manages to to pierce uh, um, Death Strike with the the injector for the adamantium, filling her with adamantium, and you see running out of her eyes. Killing her and she, she falls into the adamantium. Yeah, her eyes were like bright blue throughout the movie, but then they turn back to like a normal human color, like her brown, her natural brown. And then she looks and the tears come out of her eyes and she hardens and falls in, which like we know she didn't want to be there. She was brainwashed just like the rest of them. So she's incredibly there is, tragic. There is like a, a shot of like Wolverine reacting in like an aghast way, like yeah. I've, I've done this awful thing, but it does get brushed off very quickly. Very quickly. I mean, when she sinks into the tank, her head hits the bottom. And it, it sounds like a bowling ball. Like, yeah, yeah, boom. yeah. Well, it's, I think it's to show how heavy she is with all that. Oh yeah, with the, with the um, adamantium. But it's still, it's she goes out in a brutal way, man. Like so, her uh, dur- organs got surrounded by molten hot <laughs> yeah. fucking. Yeah, yeah. And even if in say if you had a like I don't know how deep the healing factors work in the movie, so maybe you're still kind of alive and you're just yeah. stuck in a watery grave. Just see you know. You could show up as like a, a reaver, like in a cyborg in a future movie. Show. Yeah, that would have been That's fun. All that too. Like, I mean, didn't they kill Wolverine in the comics by covering him in adamantium for a while? Yeah, well, yeah, he yeah, was never yeah. dead in there. So uh, then we got Old Man Logan for a while. So uh, then during the fight, uh, damage happens to the structure of the facility, which we we learned is underwater of the da- of the dam in Alkali Lake. So uh, being shown that Stryker's seen that the, the dam could collapse, he looks at the pressure and sees that it's getting higher. Uh, he tries Jean to make does it. that with a psychic. Oof, yeah, when she's fighting Cyclops. Yeah, I thought his, I couldn't remember. Like, his like his beams. Sit, uh, in in a crater of limestone. 
Well, they did actually mention her powers She's becoming a little, a little ever since the X, the first X Men movie, her powers are becoming uh, unstable. So um, Striker goes to leave, and uh, meanwhile uh, Xavier, who in his psychic vision is being sent to him by Jason, he's seeing a little girl or boy, it's hard to tell, uh, with different colored eyes that represents Jason. Watching it, walking him through the uh, through his own facility, like in Xavier's mind, he thinks he's looking for friends for them because of what's being done to him. But actually, what they're doing is having so that eventually all of the mutants start being hit with the beam from Cerebro. Um, but they're on the other side of the locked door; they can't get in. Uh, in which Nightcrawler uses powers to bring Storm in. It's kind of a leap of faith, blind faith, you know. As we he, we do learn that he's into God stuff and he's very religious. Uh, to go through the door because he can't see what's on the other side, he might teleport in a wall. So he, uh, I mean, it's fairly safe to say if you can teleport three feet ahead of the wall, you're probably not going to be in a, in a wall, right? <laughs> or two feet. So I anyway, they would have added more stakes for that. Like they keep saying how he yeah, can't do this. That is true. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's an underwhelming sort of like maybe if his yeah. hand was in the wall, and then we got like some some violence or somebody or, or finger or something. Somebody else, yeah, they end up with a foot in the wall or something like just add some stakes. But. That's that's fair, that's a good point. So, uh, they can't break uh, Jason's hold on him. I don't know why they just didn't kill Jason or at least knock him out or punch him or something. They say just push, push him off the uh, yeah, he's on a wheelchair, he can't do anything. Um, if it was so, abrupt, it would kill Xavier. I yeah, that's true, they do say that. So, Storm uses her powers to uh, oh, sorry, there's one one quick shift here. So, Magneto, when he's in there, fucking everyone up. He goes into the facility, um, and uh, actually, Jason isn't is already dispatched, isn't he? At this point, because no, Jason's also... there. Magneto points to his helmet, like uh, oh, yeah, so they can't do anything, and then uses Striker, uses Mystique, disguised Striker, to come in to give Jason uh, other direction, which is to attack uh, humans instead of mutants, essentially killing seven billion people, which is there's six and a half billion people on the planet, uh, which is monstrous. Like this is where I'm like, this Magneto is a monster. Like he's Yes, but mm -hmm. it was almost done to his people a second before. Fair enough. He's, he's but just he, like, but how I, many... can't, I can't give these people another chance. Yeah, that's fair enough. They're full of strikers, baby. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get them out of here. So then then the, the, the beam attacking the people goes to the humans, and they realize what's going on. Then they try to get in, but the door is closed, and they get in the other side. Storm uses her powers to uh, make an ice storm. Uh and snap Xavier out of what he's doing, therefore kind of saving the day, and then escaping before the dam explodes. But while this is happening, uh, Stryker is is leaving, but Wolverine gets ahead of him, and uh, they have. A, I love this interaction between them. Mm, it's one of the. Fun. It's the best scene I've of the seen movie. My cat again. Yeah, no problem. What do your cat eat every hour? How often do you feed your cat? Cat's got diabetes. No, he eats a tiny, Here's tiny man. Day. Is his uh, name Wilfred? <laughs> Wilfred Brimley. He's got type two mm. diabetes. So, uh, yeah, and this is where, like, uh, Wolverine pins him with his claws to the side of the plane. Uh, Stryker says, You know, you're basically says, You were, you know, you came to me. You, you act like I, I made you into this, but you came to me asking to be part of this program. And he says, You were always an animal, Logan. I just gave you claws, which I thought was, I mean, he had bone claws already, but I just, I, I do think it's a great, like, I love that line. And, uh, you know, it, it does put some seeds as to not knowing who Logan is more. It makes you a little more interested in finding that out. So Wolverine chains him to the plane, says, if uh, if we, we all die in here, you're dying too, and uh, goes off to go help everyone. Uh, while this is happening, Magneto comes across, after he changes the planes, he comes across Stryker, uh, and then fucks him up further. I don't know why, why Magneto doesn't just kill him. 
but Magneto, because at this point that that happens before the 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 shift, like when when Wolverine puts him to the to the plane. But then when all the humans are being attacked, Magneto comes out and sees him being you know being infected by Xavier's powers and says uh, something along the lines of, "I can't remember." What he says exactly something like, "You're going to die here," or something, or you're never get a chance to do this again. Um, and then I don't know why Magneto just didn't just straight up kill him. But then as the X Men are escaping later. The Wolverine's holding one of the kids. They're all getting to the plane. The, the jet who uh, Rogue is trying to fly so they can help them get out of there. Uh, as the Wolverine sees Stryker chained to a rock a little further down in the woods and goes up to him and Stryker offers him answers. Says, if you save me, I'll give you all the answers. Then he goes, would you rather, who has all the answers, Logan? Me or that that beast, that creature that you're holding, that little kid, which is the tongue kid from another Artie. Uh, and then Wolverine says, I'll take my chances with him. And, uh, and leaves, which is kind of bringing full circle the the, the family he has now is more important than, than answers to him. So, uh, for now, anyway. So then the, we see the flood coming in as the dam breaks. No answers that way, Wolverine, in the next immediate shot is a picture of Xavier. So they're hinting at Xavier can still give him answers if he chooses. Possibly so. Or, you know, Fox is like, someday we'll make a Wolverine movie because he's popular and we'll figure that out then. Which they didn't as horrible. A, but, both of these movies have been Wolverine. Uh, so then, uh, all the, the, the dam breaks, all the water comes in, we see Stryker get washed away, kind of, we, well, we don't really see it, but we see it just descending on him. Uh, Gene, Gene stays behind, uh, and locks them all in the plane to, uh, to hold back the water so they can get out in time. Uh, you know, Cyclops, of course, has a hard time with that, um, but she made her choice and she speaks through Xavier saying she's sorry, but that's what she has to do to save everybody. It's not great. It's it's kind of glossed they even, over. They even, have to, they even have to kind of talk about it later in the movie. Like, they even say, why didn't she do it from the plane? He says she made her exactly. choice. Exactly. Yeah, which is like, but that doesn't, that's, explain doesn't really explain anything. Yeah, I know. I agree with you on no, that. No, it's. Uh... So she gets washed away, um, and then they fly to safety. Uh, earlier on, I forgot to mention during the campout scene with Magneto, uh, Logan came on her and kissed her, and she said, don't make me do this. Like, and he says, do what? And she means make this decision because she doesn't want to. He shut his happy. brain down. She's happy with Cyclops and uh, doesn't want him to to make her have to to hurt him or or change her life or whatever. So later on, you catch keys is just a big flex. (laughs) Yeah, I saw the way you caught those keys and it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cyclops didn't even know it was a debate. He's like, she chose you. Like, what? Yeah, Yeah, I know. Question: What are you? What are you? you Well, Charles says they immediately have to fly to Washington. What? Charles says they have to immediately fly to Washington where uh, because the president's giving a speech about what's going to happen because what happened with the attack on him. Bad too. Then he freezes the room midway through his speech on TV, explains that Stryker is, is the one who... Xavier would freeze them before the whole thing started because now he's done it mid-speech, so now it's not this secret... Well, they didn't get there in time. They just got there when they got there. <laughs> I mean, that's the explanation. Whether it's a good one or not is the explanation. Then you just don't do the plan. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's better to stop him before he says we're going to put all mutants in camps, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. So because then he has, it's hard to know. He battle. was kind of coerced by mutants because there's like well, they don't, a big TV glitch. Well, yeah, they, they, they glitch out the screen. They freeze the room. The X Men appear. Magneto or Xavier explains that they're mutants and they stopped what was going on. They give him a sheet which is all these files that uh, it was a live striker had. Well, no, they yeah, glitch really, out. They glitch out the TV screen. People at home just see it go black. That's fine. Yeah. Storm Storm does something yeah. with electricity. And yeah. uh, so the president is left to 
decide we don't see what he says but to, instead of deciding to to turn this attack into a reason to mutants that he has to answer for his own it, it also There's like also, it also okay, seems, i'll give you this x points well i just want to say it seems very much to me like uh you know it does seem like righteous and they're like well you you guys sent the government to attack us chained us try to use this as a weapon like you did this not us we stopped it and then, but it also seems like we can come in here and fuck you up anytime we want. So well, maybe, yeah, you know. Professor X says, it's not a threat. Don't, don't worry. We're here to like clear the air basically. Yeah. But then it ends with Wolverine going, we'll be watching. Yeah. That's a threat, sir. That's a threat. Um, and also the guy that attacked the forest in the room with them. Is, like, why yeah, wouldn't they leave Nightcrawler in the ship and just say that this might complicate things a little more. Maybe we should. 100% a threat. 100%. So uh, anyway, then we see Xavier teaching the book the once and future king to his students and we see uh cyclops having trouble dealing with you know what happened to gene and, uh, and wolverine Colossus saying that is she... very very remedial because he's a 19 year old man in a, in a class with uh 10 year olds that is true he doesn't yeah. like a full, full Every, ass everybody's man. like waist high to him <laughs> he's like special needs that's why people are talking about he's like special he's like, like special people. needs that's what they have in the class like he just he just said this is like He's on a different level. We and he's just running around beating the shit out of like adults with a. Yeah, I'm you know. from Canada, and they think I'm slow. Eh? Maybe like he's got that. Rush. Maybe he's got that Robin Williams Jack disease, like that movie Jack. Maybe oh, he, yeah. he just four times faster. Mutant power. Yeah, that, that it actually is it. just ten years old. <laughs> it is just maybe Jack is an X Men movie. Um. So anyway, <laughs> I think it's we can this connection. So we see uh, before Xavier's about to start, he senses something. He looks off in the distance and smiles. Some says, "Are you okay?" And he says, "I think is everything okay." And he says, "I think that it will be." And then we see the the lake that was made after the dam burst, and we see the shape of the phoenix flying under it or above it. It's kind of hard to tell. So uh, coming out of the water. End of movie. Do you think it's swimming? It's swimming under the water. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. End of movie. Oh, and then we get the the same speech from the beginning of X Men One by Jean Grey overlaying this. So, uh, yeah, which is annoying because they use like this is something we talked about on my Star Trek uh, podcast where we had uh, a a professional doctor of biology on the show, and he's annoyed about how they they um, misuse the word evolution and everything. In yeah, they do. Yeah, they but that's do central that to the that's whole. Like X-Men. what Jean Grey is talking about is not evolution. That's mutation. Yeah, no, nothing they ever talk about in this movie is evolution, and they keep using the that, word that's, evolution. That's 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 your problem with the X Men franchise. Then, do yeah, they do that a lot? It's no. not just in these movies. No, it's not just. But like, it's it's very jarring when Jean Grey says it because they're just talking. About, she's. It feels like she's talking about her leap forward personally as Phoenix. Because you see the phoenix. I, I do think they're, they're that saying thing. that, like, she's mutant plus one, basically. Like, um, yeah, she's, she's evolving. The next, next that's step. not what evolving is. No, but she, no, no, no. She's not. She, well, we learned in the third one that Professor X actually went in and put in a damper to keep her from turning into the super duper mutant. But I think what the end of the movie is saying is that she was always the next, mm-hmm. next step. She's mutant tomorrow. Yeah. Mutant. Yeah. Well, Which at was the time, X-Men's, when this, this came out, I preferred it. Uh, I preferred that to the uh, comics, Phoenix, because for some reason, hmm. in 2003, 2001, I wanted X Men to be mutants. That's it. I didn't want cyborgs. I didn't Everybody. want space aliens. Uh, so I when uh, when they did a mutant 
Death Strike, I was like, okay, now Death Strike's cool. She's not some cornball. So did you like organic or... webs? Were you one of those organic? Web I did boosters? like organic webs. I oh did. no! And I'll tell I'll Dave. tell you why. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. I still do. I still do because what? like <laughs> without the webs, there's very little to be like he has spider powers. I guess he sticks to walls, but like spiders aren't famously strong. Spiders don't have. He's uh... also shoot webs out of somewhere is very different. That's the poetic license. I don't know. It, it gave him an actual <laughs> spider thing that was like connected to the spider itself. Other than like yeah. you're asking, you're asking an audience to buy two things: that a guy was bitten by a radioactive spider that gave him spider abilities, and apart from that. He's a super genius whose one contribution to the world is inventing a spider web. That, that That's two big asks at once. And it's yeah, weird that we've gotten to a place where a mainstream audience can accept that. It's it's crazy to me. One sentence. Yeah, I made it myself. Done. Uh, it's insane. It's insane. It's a comic book <laughs> thing that, that works in anyway, comics. And the audience now has been primed. You can ask a mainstream audience to accept yeah. anything with superheroes and they'll roll with it now. Yeah. In 2002, it was a different game, and I get why they were like... Well, I think they would have. I think that was just an assumption made by studios. Like, <sighs> these audience can't handle superheroes. It's like, okay, okay, executives, you're right. No no Spider-Man movie has ever benefited from a scene where you see him invent the thing. It, it just brings it down. They've only done it once, and that was Amazing Spider-Man 1, and... Uh, even that was convoluted. Like he didn't really invent the web things. He found them at the uh, the Oscorp. And... Yeah, they never explained it in the Marvel one. He just says he made them, basically, and that's it. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. was perfect. Yeah, but we ne- yeah, but that, we never got an origin. If you saw that's Tom Holland's Spider-Man origin, you'd be sitting there going like, "Come on." Yeah. Oh, we didn't need. He gets one. spider powers, and then the next week he's like, "You know what." <laughs> The whole movie Maybe should be the I whole movie them. should be him just developing the webs. The web, the, 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 even even the nineties at the end he finishes that, that music to win. Um, the nineties animated series he goes, you know, I always thought that probably the spider gave me the knowledge to create the chemicals because, like, I never invented anything else. I mean, I, I I'm smart, but I I don't I, I I'm not going to the moon. I'm not mm-hmm. Iron Man. Well, the See, comics I make him that now. It's slightly different. It's not about yes, he got bitten by a spider, but it's not so much important the the fact that he has all these abilities that pertain to the abilities of a spider. It's like a Batman thing. He's Spider Man because he dresses like a spider. No, like, yes, no, he has spider powers. Like, that, spider that's that's powers. secondary. Yes, of course, that, he has spider powers. That's that's sec- like, I'm saying that I like. That's not why he calls himself Spider Man because it, it's more spider e. It's the really spideriest thing the spider gave him. But my problem with my thing with like doubting that a mainstream audience in 2003, 2002 could accept those things at once is like, okay, it's Terminator. And uh, yes, this robot came back in time from the future when we have time travel and, and robots and blah, 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 blah. And also he's got a magic wand. What? What? Magic? What? What? Why is there a magic wand in this? You already told me that there's a time traveling robot and now he's got magic. <laughs> I, I want to see this spider. The power should see. come from the spider that bit him. There shouldn't be an extra thing where he's like, and then on the weekend I invented these. Like it's yeah. it's silly. It's stupid. And we're at a place now where we can accept it because it's been around so long. But it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Well, like, it's like it's, you can't be chained to the source material because like they have to appeal. To, they have to make a movie. Like I on my podcast, my other podcast, I talked to someone that was involved with marketing and movies for a very long time recently, and he was saying, like, you need to make. There's a difference between a good adaptation and a good movie. 
hopefully some some something can be both, but not it's it's tough sometimes, right? Like, I mean, there are some movies that are really great adaptations, then that's really great movies. So you gotta walk a line because you're not just appealing to the comic fans that know all the comic stuff. Because honestly, in the grand scheme of things, especially now, most of the audience aren't comic fans. I don't know. The the most direct adaptation in a Marvel movie was also the best one, I think, which is Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. Is it just a that's not, I mean, not no, it wasn't that's direct. It wasn't direct. direct. We didn't have time travel with Dr. Faustus and all that stuff. We didn't get all that it's stuff. It's not that direct. It's all the like not crazy elements are taken out. The yeah. thing doesn't ultimately end with uh, Captain America getting struck with a time bullet. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna you say know. it's it's so. all it's 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 just like okay, like Superman comes down, you're like, oh wow, what's your deal? Well, I came from a dying planet called Krypton, and because of the yellow sun, I have all these wonderful powers. Oh, you can That's fly the yellow sun? Oh, no, those are a pair of super boots I got from a... <laughs> what? Why are there two things? You only need one fucking thing! He flies because of super boots? I, no, he, no, he said, doesn't, if, but if, I'm if saying that did. would be the oh. mechanical web shooters. The only exception, and this is this is me like totally contradicting what I just said, is all the best X-Men have an extra thing. Yeah, beyond being a mutant, it's like you're a mutant, but you went through this experiment. You're a mutant, but it's yeah. always you're a mutant, but you're a mutant, you're, but you're a, a master thief. thief. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you notice? Uh, well, I'll make it as next point. Are we on All next right, point? Let's, let's move on. Anyway, that let's was a spirited discussion point. about Sam oh. Raimi's Spider Man. It sure was. <laughs> well, you know, we'll get to that. Each of us will have to look into his own heart and decide. You gotta decide here, fellas. Who wants to just add first? I don't know how we should do it. Because we know it's going to go like... Well, Dave, no, maybe, you go I ahead. Might, I'm out, outdo Andre. I might outdo Andre. Dave, you go ahead. Let's go Andre first. All right. I gave the first one an eight. This is better, so it's a nine. This would be easy. So, all right. Let's do that. All right. I mean, it has its so. issues for sure. But honestly, like as a fun... Like carrying on what they did in the first one and trying to juggle as many characters as they did and have a cohesive story and do what they do. I think they did a pretty good job, and I really enjoyed it. There, there was no handbook to how to condense all this stuff down into a superhero team movie where there's like 90 different powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like as well, a, there are as, certain guests of our show that I think would disagree with that, Steve. Even adaptation. Well, yeah, but there's no... They did <laughs> this better in a cartoon in 20 minutes. No, they did it better in a no, cartoon that had 100 yes. episodes. They did it over no, the course of a season. better in yeah. the pilot. The pilot is forty minutes, and it is better in explaining the X Men and building. Oh man, I, world would you imagine what the, the budget for that pilot, those first two episodes as a live yeah, action the, movie, would have been? been the Giant Sentinels. Yeah, it would have been awesome. But but yeah, yeah I, 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 I to my to my score, I also gave it a nine. Yeah, I, I think I, it was a nine I, I really when it came out, movie. and I think it's a nine today. I think it's, I actually think it, it watches better now than it did ten years ago. I'm surprised how much I. Enjoyed oh, I disagree. It. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it again because I thought I would have more umbrage with stuff because I liked it a lot as a kid. But there was also a desert of horror movies when or um, Marvel movies when I was a kid. Like you didn't get a lot of superhero movies, right? This is the first big one aside from Blade, and then the DC ones from the 70s and 80s. The last time I watched it, it was like the the thick of the MCU's popularity. Like this was like Marvel showed you this is how you do it. So Mm. when I watched it the last time, um the tone difference was really like goofy to me. Like, uh, but watching it now that I'm like so thoroughly sick of the MCU formula, 
-hmm. I found it like very refreshing the way they handled things. So. Yeah, uh, I did too. All right, so Davin's giving it like a four, I'm going to guess. What are you going to do? It didn't hold up as well. I loved this movie back in the day, but for me, it just I was just bothered by too many things now. I didn't. Yeah. See that's that. I see, I, choices I, I didn't like. This, this is this like is the I'm, root I'm, of the I'm, issues I'm, I have with your your when you talk about these things. I much prefer like what you just said is the reason for most of your your issues. But what you usually say is this is garbage. That sucked. This guy didn't know what he was doing and all this sort of stuff. But at the root of it is like it's just you were bothered by too many changes to the what it was the source material, which is fine because this no, is a no, script. No, that's that's such a like. This is a really tight script. It is what you're saying in this instance. I can't speak to all the time. This is a tight script, and I don't think you can knock it. It's not well, but because it's not the X Men Davin wants, it's all bad. Like for most of us, I explain things to you that have nothing to do with the X Men that I have a problem with this movie. Like in like you said, Dave, like the MCU, you're sick of that formula, so it made this movie better. The things that I am sick about the MC, like I'm sick of in the MCU, were in this movie. What what I'm sick of in the US MCU is everybody being related. That happened in this movie, so it That's just made comics, this movie man. worse. That's for the X Men. That is the X Men. The X Men was like the original superhero franchise of like, here's my brother I've never mentioned before, like <laughs> havoc. Like, oh yeah, I've got I've got a brother. I don't know why this doesn't come up until now, but yeah, and my he's brother's. A, he's also like a villain. Too part of another team like he's not just a guy that pumps gas somewhere he's got to be also a superhero yeah and but also working for the government or doing something else mr sinister comes along he's like oh you've got a third brother and your it's father also... is a space pirate <laughs> <laughs> when, when we reviewed x-men one i'm like, like they, it's just a magneto xavier wolverine movie and andre was just like yeah well they just wait this is only the first movie they just did the same thing again in this movie. It's like they didn't. They had two movies now, and they didn't bother. Building no, I it. disagree. There was lots of storylines. How many more Rogue movies and... before they yeah. actually give us? An I, and not just a Magneto. Well, at least one more. Xavier Wolverine. Actually, two more because I, there's a Wolverine one. I just don't Wolverine's think you can find something like that does the superhero team thing, even minus superhero, in a movie until. Avengers, Avengers, properly. But the Avengers, so the Avengers, the Avengers only works because they had movies introducing you to each of them first. Yes. So like, I don't think even then, I, I was sure that no, it's a hundred percent true. If they made that movie and they didn't make any other movies, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, like, who's agree. Iron Man? Why is that guy got a spacesuit? Who's the guy in the Cat America costume? You wouldn't know. And, so, and like someone would need to be the ultimate. No, it would not, Devin. You're crazy. You would, yeah. I, I think so too. Uh, at least it at would, the time, I, I think now you could just jump into something the way the Guardians did. But with yes, Avengers, yes, yeah, exactly, uh, Guardians did it. So like, there's no reason they couldn't do it with the Avengers. Yeah, but they're, they're everybody they're, knew they they're aliens. They're the aliens Hulk in two movies. They're they aliens. They're aliens. So if they have powers or abilities or are different, we know why because they're aliens. It's it's defined by them. Let's take that date. Everyone knew who the Hulk was. Everyone who can no, you can't make a movie did. based on the fact that the entire audience is going to know everything about the Hulk because we love comics. But well, a lot of know everything about the Hulk. Mainstream audience knows that he. Devin, the average person on the, if you talk to the average guy in the street and ask him extra questions beyond who's the Hulk, beyond Bruce Banner, they probably couldn't tell you much. You don't need. Like they have to make that. they have to make movies that appeal to them. No, you're just saying they don't need it that they know enough about the Hulk. You don't need to explain who the Hulk is. Exactly. They, they know don't. he gets angry they and don't. gets strong. You don't think people knew that based on the entire 
Show not the whole world. TV for years and years. Uh, yeah, I don't think so yeah. either. No, nope, not the do whole world. Unless the whole world understands it. No, That's no, what, no. You're, you're, you're saying the opposite. The whole, any movie is the whole world. No, the you whole, need to identify the characters and tell you who they are and what their deal is. You can't just assume everybody knows everything about them because they're in comic books. People don't. You don't have to assume. Yeah, you're saying they should. You're saying they like the Avengers movie. If you go watch the Avengers movie and they made none of the other movies. That everyone would be able to understand it, this, and it would have made a billion dollars. But I would think is actually more of a target audience that does know this shit. But everyone in the world knows more about the Hulk than they did about Groot. My wife certainly doesn't. Complain. She didn't know more about the Incredible Hulk than she knew about Groot. Bullshit. Probably not. Bullshit, Andre. Probably not. Bullshit. And she, she didn't read comics. Of the Incredible Hulk. She doesn't read <laughs> she comics. Never heard of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> this is a very different show than what it was the anime. A green series. thing called the Hulk. Has You're she fighting. ever heard of a green thing called the Hulk? Yes. The okay, answer sure. is yes. Yeah. And has but she the Hulk ever is heard the best example. The Hulk is the one no. that had a show in the 80s. Nobody knew who Iron Man was. Nobody knew who Captain yeah. America was. He had a was. show, too, for like a long time. He had oh, several fuck. shows before. What, the Matt, the Matt Salinger that. movie from the 80s? Yeah, that or 90s. That like, a lot of people pay attention to Here's my example of like... I'm not. I'm not even ultimately saying that I know for a fact that an audience couldn't have parsed out the Avengers... And it couldn't have been a big hit. It wouldn't have been as big a hit, obviously, uh, without the movies leading in. Well, it wouldn't have had the budget. I, I, had I do the know that there was it. nothing down to show that an audience would roll with that much. Because if you look at Star Trek, the original series, you have a whole uh, crew, a whole deck full of characters. Every movie is Kirk, Spock, and Bones. Kirk, Spock, and Bones, villain of the week. Kirk, Spock, Bones, villain Their of the formula. week. formula. That was the formula and, going in. Yeah, but that, that, that's the same thing. Okay, we've got we've got Wolverine, we've got Professor X. We know what these guys are about. We got Wolverine, he's discovering it new. I mean, Professor X and Magneto, we know what these guys are about. They're they're a dichotomy. Wolverine's the, the guy, the audience surrogate who's discovering all this. So he's the one we followed. He's he's just the one who's gonna I would prefer it too if like Cyclops had shit to do in the end of the movie, if Storm had ever used her powers in a fight. But I, I just I can put myself very easily in the seat of the person who has to make an X-Men movie and is like, we got to make a ton of money. Audiences have to be able to follow it. What do we do? There has to be a main hero. There has to be the guy who saves the day in the end, wow. who gets the final word with the villain. It's, yeah. it's just it's I'm gonna, I'm gonna it is better than the last one, so I'm gonna we still don't it. have a number yet. We <laughs> Here we go. What we uh, got? Seven seems too high. Six or seven. I'm gonna. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Seven. That's fair. I would accept six from you, actually. If I were 100%. if I were a guy who didn't like superheroes, I bet that's the number I'd be giving it. <laughs> yeah, we know. should have a guy who knows nothing about, like somebody who's never read a comic, who doesn't care about comics. If we could rope one of them into this, that would be very interesting because he would probably answer a lot of a lot of speculation we have. I'll say seven just for the Wolverine protects the school scene and the Magneto uh, breaking out of prison scene alone. I, I really like that striker scene at the end too with the with Wolverine and him having the interaction. It's insane great. we're quibbling this much over two points. I expected you to give it a four. That's no, no, yeah, I no, no, because this is much higher than I would have expected. The first one a five, and I didn't really like it at all. Yeah, well, Davin, if, if I tried if it, to be generous. If it's any if it's any consolation, I feel like the less the most of the ep, the movies beyond this one will be less contentious because like the, I'll like me, them more than you will likely. Well, probably. Uh, I mean, I like, like first class because I think some of these other ones do things about the X Men quite a bit better than these Singer ones. I like first class. To me, like these Singer movies are, are pretty good movies. I get that, but they just don't 
Well, Days of the Future Past and Apocalypse are singer movies too. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're uh, well. The movies that come after these movies. are just like they just add mystique to the formula. It's it's Professor X, yeah, Magneto, like... Wolverine, and Mystique. Well, yeah. except for first class, because like they're like we don't have Myst- we don't have Wolverine, but yeah, Mystique is the Wolverine in that movie, basically. Yeah, That's fair. Yeah, and then she has a whole past. Well, I mean, they're their own movies. You can't. I know Days of Future Past tried to. And, and now Mystique is Professor Xavier's sister because they yeah. have to be related, or the audience won't be able to comprehend it. No, it's just a way well, to build it. It's, it's the way to build in a history without spending an hour explaining why they have a history. She was his pet monster. Yeah. She chose his house yeah. to break into for some odd reason. I'm not going to defend well, that movie too much, although I did like First Class, but it, it is it does have its issues. It's a generous seven for you. That's very generous of you. That's incredibly generous. I would have expected a, like a four based on our you're, conversation today. You're, you're a kind man. You've got a warm heart. You are. I'm right. Because I'm I'm a mutant with fire powers. You're pyro. You and all the other mutants with powers would be pyros. <laughs> you and the well, ten thousand other pyros. Our X, our X point. Let's just fire through these quick because we are getting along in the tooth here. Let's just oh, all geez. say our likes, and then we'll all go say our dislikes. But my uh, we, we have like, three each, or three or two, or how are we doing this? I have five. Oh, I, okay, I didn't write them down. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go first, legs, Dave, and give you time. I went with the opening scene; it was fine. Uh, Magneto, <laughs> <laughs> Magneto, remember how you talked uh, about Murphy sounding bored, Davin, when he does this. This is, this is what you sound like. Like ah, it was fine. Well, look, uh, I'm talking about my likes in this movie. All so, right, go ahead. Yeah, you gave it a but, seven. Uh, I mean, you should have a lot of likes. <laughs> I feel like I should go back and change it to a six. To be honest with you, it's fair. You, you know, I, I would think, accept, you, I think I, you should too. Because I would accept that. Sound like yeah, a seven. I would accept that. Yeah, I'm going back. Seven. seven I think Andre and I peer pressured. Yeah, I kind of think we did. Yeah, too. Yeah, maybe. Well, I was yeah. trying to put myself in the, like the perspective of young me who did like this movie, but like young me loved this movie. My young me probably watched this movie a hundred times. No, maybe not that much. Yeah, me lot. too. Me too. X-Men oh, 1 was the first movie I ever saw in the theater more than once. Yeah, I think it wow. probably would have been for me, too. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's writing the stuff down that I say. What is? My oh. phone. Um, so the opening scene, the mags, you should have killed me when you had the chance. I like that because it's not the usual villain delivery of that line, which is because I'm going to kill you all. He's saying that because I just like killed all your kids, basically. Charles. So. Yeah, yeah, it's basically a story. So, so it's like a regretful, one, mm-hmm. not a threatening one. It's just a different delivery of that line, which I liked. Uh, Colossus looks cool. I like that. Um, the Mag's escape, Magneto's escape, is one of the great scenes. And uh, Striker, I don't like that final twist at the end so much as much. But you what, know, what twist? The twist is the son. Not twist. Yeah, just it's his son. I just didn't need it. I liked him more. It's just this kind of like, just kind of military fanatic kind of guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example in a movie where you can find that where it's not that where like it doesn't make you know. There's like some military dude you don't. I can't think of anything. I was thinking First of the. With at the end, but... I was thinking of the apes movies, but they obviously had a reason to hate the apes because the whole human race got destroyed. So by the time you got to the third one, the military guy has a lot of baggage that's unrelated to an ape hurting him directly. But yeah, anyway, 
Sorry, continue. So what are your likes, Andre? Um, well, I love Brian Cox as I really think he's a fantastic villain in this movie. His line delivery is very Shakespearean, much like Eloy, like he's in he his own. He's, yeah, he's a great actor. He's fantastic. He's, um, I like the stuff with the son. I like the coldness of his character. I like the teasing of the Wolverine stuff. You know, all that stuff with him, I thought was really good. I, I really, really, and even like his line at the end with Wolverine, I always thought that you're always an animal. I just gave you claws. It's such a great line. Uh, and he delivers it so well too. And even even when Wolverine's like digging him with the claws, he sounds kind of pathetic the way he's screaming. It's not even like a manly scream. He's like ah, you know, like yeah. yeah it's like it, which shows that he's not like his his bravado is strong when he's got brainwashed mutants beside him. But when he's literally at the mercy of one, he's it all falls away. And he's begging Wolverine essentially to let him go and give him all his answers and and join him and they'll be friends. But he still can't help himself because he calls Wolverine an animal. Uh, which Wolverine picks up on and, and is what kind of hinges back against him. I think uh, I like the line of his better about like I recognize my work. I love that line. Yeah, that was really good too. That um, I like Nightcrawler's design. I did, like the costume. I get you didn't like it, but I thought like the the scars on his face is like they have two blue people in the movie. They have to differentiate them uh, somehow, and this is the way they chose to do it. I know coming was chosen a woman and one's a man that differentiates them well already. i'm not saying i couldn't follow it if there were two blue people that weren't a man and a woman but like that's you know. what i mean like i don't understand who these odd supposed audience people are who are that dumb and are there no. that many of them spending money no i i, I agree like, with you studios often I mean, but in the comics that movies, comes up the very like, first time that that um mystique and nightcrawler meet nightcrawler's like why do you look so much like me and she's like ask your mom and then like, the scene is planted <laughs> there, and then it turns out that his mom's not his mom. He was adopted, founded of whatever, and like that's that's all. That's X Men, man. That's that's like Claremont had a plan there. Claim like Claremont had a plan. Miss Destiny was always going to be like person. No, um, apparently yeah, he said that twenty years ago in an interview, like twenty five years. Ago. That was one of the things they batted around, but I, that wasn't the original idea. Um, so. Two of the apparently Nightcrawler was the plan to be, or uh, Alan Cumming was the plan from Singer All Along to be Nightcrawler. There was a rumor that Ethan Embry, who was a big actor in the '90s, was up for the role as well. Um, but Cumming ended up getting it. He he actually did. He is fluent in German, which is part of the reason why he was chosen. Oh. And the design for Nightcrawler's makeup was done by Adam Kubert. So, you know, well, that's yeah. So there's that. I thought that was pretty cool in the way that he had done that as well. Wow, well, I um, got with Ethan Embry. Why, just because of his look? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just wiki him like I did? Well, I, yeah. Um, I, mean, I recognize him from Empire Records. I didn't Records. know his name. Yeah, yeah. Empire yeah, Empire Records. Records and Can't Hardly Wait. He's in The Walking Dead, wasn't he? Yep. He's a cool actor, actually. He's a pretty good actor. Um, oh, he's I like his thing. smile. He's got a curt smile. Yeah. Oh, like we should have went with Ether Nambi. Oh, my God. He looks just like my... <laughs> Well, as much as you can, it's a, not under all the blue makeup and whatever. Um, one thing I thought was fun is the little Easter eggs. I tease quite a few in here. You see Beast on the TV uh, talking in his non-Beast form. Uh, you also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when Mystique was hacking in to find out where uh, Magneto was being held, there were a bunch of names there. There were other famous mutants. Remy LeBeau was one of them. So I thought that was a nice little nod to... Quicksilver, yeah. Scarlet Witch, Piotr, and uh, Wanda. Yeah, Steve Baggett from Andromeda. Oh wow! <laughs> there's, also, there's also references to like well, Franklin Richards is there. Uh, Franklin Richards Project Wide Awake. Like there's a bunch of like uh, 
Easter Real eggs there. Um, yeah, that was cool. It would have been interesting. Yeah, I guess we did get Fantastic Four movies at this time too, or a little later on. So, but uh, yeah, I like Magneto. I know, da- as Dave said, there are two Magnetos, and th- they really do flip him between being somewhat of a sympathetic character and then somewhat of a megalonical lunatic. And like it, it lands somewhere in between. But aspects of the, his performance, I really enjoyed. Like when he breaks out of the prison, uh, when he's talking to John, and it's like, and you get. John seeing the other side of the coin, you know, that like Xavier's way is this way that he doesn't necessarily agree with, but now he's seeing what else on the other side of the mountain. Um, and that's Magneto. Yo, when Magneto, I think I forgot to explain that when we did the whole Reddit, but when Magneto was leaving, John joins him and goes off to become a, I'm a brotherhood of brotherhood of mutants uh, member. Um, I like Sean Ashmore. Uh, you know, he's a Canadian kid, good Canadian kid. Uh, you know, handsome guy. Every time I think of him, I think of Animorphs because he was on that show. Uh, but you know, I dug his performance in the movie. I know he didn't have a ton to do, but the ice stuff was fun. You don't actually see him fully ice up until the very end of X Men Three, sadly. But it was cool to see him, you know, in action doing that sort of thing. And I thought the the whole siege of Xavier School when they're attacking and all the kids, various powers are coming into play, dealing with them. To an extent, although I thought it was kind of funny because the end of the first movie literally tells you this is going to happen. Like, like Benito says, "What will you do, Charles, when they come to your school?" And he says, "I have a great swell of pity for anybody that would come to that school looking for a fight." They did right away. Unless we're and, all leaving the kids with a babysitter. Let's roll yeah, out for the. Evening. They did right away, and they did pretty good. I mean, you know, they they got them out of the house. Oh, it's funny because like the government would have the house, right? Like they they took the house, they took what they needed from the cerebro, they did whatever. They didn't just like abandon it and walk away. Like they're yeah, you see back. it on the news that it's surrounded by like um, some kind of like military presence or something. Yeah. When they're at yeah. Bobby's house, you see the an aerial shot of the mansion. Right, right, right. Yeah. So who um, knows so, yeah. Do that? I liked all those things. Honestly, I really I like the script. I think it's a good story. As far as adaptations go, of God loves man kills with strikers stuff and the the way it all manned out, it's pretty good. You know, it's not. I mean, it's kind of loosely advantage. I mean, there are quite like like I said when we did that episode on this that like there are quite a few plot points that I, I didn't realize how much X Men Two took from it, quite a bit. From what the animated series? No, from the God Loves Man Kill story. Oh yes, we we did it on the show last two weeks ago or last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago because we did the game last. Yeah, we did the game one last week, um, and uh, so we just read the book and then talked about it. And uh, there are quite a few things in it that like. Striker's whole deal with like having Magneto use or uh, Charles use Cerebro to it actually works out better in this movie with having Magneto be, you know, be coerced into giving that information out than just having them run into a random contractor that helped them build the mansion a million years ago that they got the information from. So I don't know. I thought it worked really well. I really liked it. I'm pretty sure I gave you five points. All right. What are your likes there, Dave? I've only got three likes and three dislikes. That's good. That's good. Um, First one is just everything in the school. Uh, the whole idea that they have like a whole bunch of like mutant kids who are actually going there and like, you know, learning math and shit is basically from these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only ever saw the Gen X kids and the new mutants learning to use their powers. And they were always like in superhero uniforms. Like I love, I love that whole aspect of it. I love the whole fight scene. I love the invasion. I love the, um, the vi- the visual of these like ghoulish military guys going through this school for like these awful prejudicial reasons that's that's one 
Uh, two is the uh, coming out scene to uh, Iceman, Iceman's yeah, parents. Yeah. I didn't really talk about like, that too uh, much. It's pretty good. It's revolutionary, basically, for the time, because like up to that point, the, the metaphor was always treated as like this is about race. And this like elevates it to like, well, really, it's actually a better metaphor for like being being gay, since anybody could, you know, be born that way. But ultimately, it's a it's such a useful metaphor because it can be about anything, because there's yeah. always going to be some kind of outgroup. And uh, the X-Men well, are just a, a good way to get you to relate to them, even if you're perfectly on the in-group. When the mother says, have you tried not being a mutant? I mean, that's obviously yeah, a yeah, yeah. like, have you tried yeah. not being gay? You know, like. Uh, and uh, uh, finally, the, the structure and the, the post 9-11 world that it came out in uh, that includes the once in future book being read by Magneto and called back. What kind of leaders uh, do we want? What kind of leaders do we want to be? Uh, the movie opens with the tour of the White House where a, a tour guide is talking about a speech that Lincoln gave about unity, yeah. about not, not putting brother against brother. We should all stand together under one house. And it ends, and you know, Lincoln wrote his own speeches. It ends with a, a kind of a Bush analog being re reading his speech that he's going to say to America for the first time and parsing it where it's like, do we like that word annihilated? And then yeah. Professor X leaves him in a place where he's like, okay, you've got to speak your own words now. And you were about to say that there's an enemy within that we need to persecute, that anybody wearing the wrong thing could be a terrorist. But here's the proof that, you know, like da, 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 that, that, that there's, there's people on both sides trying to push for a war. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? That's left open-handed. I fucking love it. Fucking love it. Uh, yeah. that, those are, that's it. Those are my things. That's why I think it's a good movie. Uh, what, I also one... have some bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, but what was next? Interior dislikes. Uh, dislikes. Um, oh, I need your dislikes. Cyclops and Storm. Uh, I would just like to see them do something. I think Storm <laughs> is horribly miscast. I don't think she ever acts like Storm. It bothers me to my I'm core. Sure. When she gets scared flying the plane, when the, she's like, oh, Gene, the second bomb is getting close. Like, I've never seen Storm act like that, except when she's claustrophobic. Uh, uh, one thing I'd like to point out, just the fun note I came across in looking up stuff about this movie, is Halle Berry dropped out of playing Jennifer Lopez's role in the movie Geely to be in this movie. <laughs> so well, it dodged. Yeah, so I'd say she dodged a bullet. I can't picture Halle Berry saying turkey time. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, so. Oh, it's like a famous scene, Turkey Time. And he's like, what? Gobble, gobble. No, Nothing that. about that movie is famous. <laughs> that's it's, oh, movie. my God. Nothing go to your go to your browser right now and type in Turkey Time and see what comes <laughs> up. Uh, number two is just a lame one. A Wolverine's hair in the beginning and the end of the film yeah, is like very this good. high. Yeah. Uh, I they guess they were like, let's, let's push it. Let's be a little more comic booky. You should have pushed it this way. Maybe uh, like yeah. it does kind of seem like they filmed that part later. Like maybe it was a reshoot or something else they did. Cause like, it seems like he looks significantly different. He's way more clean cut, you know, like the way he looked the in the rest of the filming movie. Of the movie. Maybe like, they might have just tagged it right on. And oh, it, it could, it could be leftover footage from the first movie because his hair was much higher than that. I thought of another one, another yep. negative okay. uh, that I, I didn't put on this list, but we mentioned already the two Magnetos. But dying to talk about it, it's real bad. Sometimes Magneto is a super serious, understandable, flawed villain. Sometimes he says the most cool, badass things, the like, what's your real name? And da 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 da. The, you're, you're a god among ants. And then sometimes he's this snickering weirdo, and he and he and Mystique come across as like beastly and shrieky from the characters. Yeah, when they're laughing like, at Rogue. Yeah, when they're laughing at Rogue, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's a child. Who you assaulted? That's what you've done with your hair. Who he was super 
apologetic to have done that to according to the last yeah and, and now it's now a big joke and there's it. like there's times when he's yeah. like running from explosions and his head is down on his shoulders like this and it's i don't know it's bad but half the time it's really good and uh my other one my big one is i think uh and i thought of this while while um dad was talking about it i think that the I agree so much, actually, that this shouldn't have continued on beyond this. It's the same as the MCU and the blip, the um, Cerebro being weaponized that way. Yeah, yeah. Because what they don't get into is anybody who was driving a car would be dead. Anybody who was in an airplane would be dead. Anybody who was swimming would be dead. Yeah. Like, we're talking about minimum 500 million people gone, yeah. gone. And it's just like, well, that didn't happen. And I, I think that's a huge mistake. If it's everyone in a car, there's probably billions dead. Like, yeah. Well, not everyone. Well, not, not people in traffic, but anybody yeah. in a moving vehicle is going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I yeah. definitely agree with that. Yeah. Anybody being operated on? It's just, it was too big of a leap <laughs> to go right to Xavier can kill everybody if he wants to in the second movie. It's just like it was. It, they didn't need to go. They just it is pretty. Inverting. It is a pretty. Even big... if they had like a code of influence, like it was like it was like coming out, getting further and further and affecting more people. I could buy that, but the whole planet had a seizure. That's a lot of dead people. And even if you had some kind of like, I'm sure some people would have had conditions. Heart having, conditions. Yeah, or or yeah. or brain, histories of brain aneurysm or whatever. Like I'm sure like you know, uh, MS. Would you know died. whatever. Like, you like know, just some people, from that. Yeah. From that mental stress. Well, my dislikes <laughs> are many, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they are myriad. A myriad. My cup runneth over. I've talked to most of them, but Mystique's friction powers, I mean, you explain them, so it, it doesn't bother me as much now, but I don't like the way she slides onto that door. It just looks dumb. Um, well, I talked about it. The inverse plot from the last movie, I just felt like I was watching the same movie again because we just had watched it, I guess. Um, Storm, definitely, it's atrocious. It's it's a disrespect to everything that is beautiful in this world. Um, <laughs> Cyclops, again, I agree with that one. Cyclops is a, just such a disrespected character in these games. Um, yeah, it's, especially it's in the next one. It's like if oh, they did God, the Avengers it? movie. Imagine if they made the Avengers movie and treated Captain America the way. It's funny because going back to these movies, I remember him being a way bigger part of them. In my memory, he's, he's not he's, in the middle. No, I know, he's I know. No, but in my not. memory, I remember him being a way bigger part of one and two. And then watching him again, I'm like, and, wow, he's really and, not. And in the next one, they kill him in like the first two minutes. Off screen. So like, oh, but nobody, seem... nobody but Wolverine ever gets a real superhero fight. Like, yeah. Nobody. Um, actually, one of my dislikes is the fight choreography. I found it awful. I didn't even find the... I mean, the Wolverine Deathstrike one was a bit better because it was quick and it was over with very fast. But the fight choreography is and so is the action scenes and a lot of these is bad and i didn't like the pyro and ice man thing I, like the fire and ice thing uh -huh, so clever it's actually like the easy way out it's like the low-hanging fruit but anyway that's my dislikes uh yeah the cyclops thing like i said this one i noticed it way worse than, the, than i did in the first one about how how he's not being used um i do really love the character and it's sad doesn't not see him get his 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 due. I, I don't remember how much of a due he gets in the the first class movies. I know he's not in them until Future Past. Is that right? He he doesn't get to do anything. Like, yeah, nothing cool. Uh, yeah, Ty Sheridan plays him, right? Um, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, honestly, the goods in this outweigh the bads for me. But there are there are some things that are a little like 
every explosion with the like there's several big explosions where you see people get thrown and, and twist in the movie. Uh at least at least two. I think it's more than that, but there's there's quite a few. Uh when Pyro's blowing up the cop cars, it's very evident, but there's a bunch it just hits with, them with a little fireball too. They just like this is like relatively it go, well no, it goes the under the car and it lights the gas tank. He yeah, sends it under the car so and it lights funny. the gas tank, is what I guess is, is supposed to be happening. I guess, but, uh, but the gas tanks don't explode like that. But anyway, oh. yeah, no, they never do. But that, that's oh. that's that's action movie, like every I movie. Uh, I was watching Reservation Dogs the other day, and they were showing a, a motorcycle accident. The motorcycle was on fire, and I'm like, eh. you know, like great show. Great. I love that show. Great. I love that show. Have you seen it, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Um, he one of the writers from it actually wrote the last. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, She-Hulk thing I worked on. I'm I'm almost on season oh. two, uh, and I really, really, really dig it. The guy that plays the spirit guide is one of the funniest people in the world. He William, is so William funny. Neifman. Fuck, he's funny. That's, that's he's so good. His name William Neifman. He's so funny. He's so funny. Um, hilarious. Cousin, brother, warrior. friend, <laughs> warrior, friend, cousin, <laughs> father. Ah, when he just seems yelling down the noises. Oh man. Um, he's so funny. He's so. Yeah, um, I would have liked. Uh, I disliked that they didn't reuse Sabretooth or Toad. I would have liked to see them continue on. It just seems like you a real miss. Sabretooth again? Well, maybe we would have got a better version of him. Or that but, Toad. Yeah, or that Toad. But I mean, I get that shoehorning them into the story made. But the fact we never see them again, except for Lee Shriver's Sabretooth. Uh, and apparently, according to rumors, his appearance, I don't know who will be playing him, but in uh, the X Men, the Deadpool movie coming up. But Lee uh, Shriver. Uh, but you know, the idea that, you know, they set up these characters and they're pretty, they're, I would have liked to see more of them. I was sad not to, to see that. Um, I agree that the president thing is interesting. I, I do find it gives an air of, you know, they're trying to be, but like, you can come up to someone with a knife in your hand and corner them. <laughs> you know, you walk up to someone with a knife in your hand in an alley and corner them against the wall and say, look, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to tell you. The great thing about this club I got going on, you know, you know, you're like, if you join this club, it'd be really great for you and your family. But this isn't a threat. I just want you to know that. Anyway, I'll see you at the club. And I just walk away. Like, what do you, like, what do you think is going to happen? Forget about the knife. Would you like to hear about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? But even if I didn't have a knife, and I'm a bigger dude, if I walked up to a smaller person or a woman and cornered her in an alley and said the same thing to her, I mean, that's imposing it up, right? Like anything like that, like that, the president was shown a drastic display of power also being told that that the xavier could have killed all of the humans um because of that you uh, like that scene at all actually i could, i, I, I like liked this it movie i just ended and then it had like four more scenes that it probably i liked did. it i just felt like it uh, yeah a wolverine it, shouldn't have got the last word but that's yeah. one of those like yeah yeah the last word um and just the the nature of like the school itself, I find, is something that, like, the fact they take them on field trips, it's just nice. But it's like, how do they, like, they're all kids who have powers. And the idea that, like, they're going to put them in public with regular folks and not expect anything to happen with them getting into any issues or using their powers, it's kind of wild. Like, almost none of these kids look like anything other than a human child. No, but one of them stuck out his tongue. One of them lit another one on fire. That, that's one of those like budget things, yeah. like with the first Guardians yeah. movie, um, where half the aliens just look like human beings, yeah. which which makes Star-Lord seem less special, one. And two, it's something the MCU has then had to run with 
that there are just all these like Kryptonian type alien species yeah, that look yeah, exactly yeah. like humans. It's stupid. Have slightly different but, eyes or something, you know, like it's just something easy to, to, uh, it's funny because the, the X-Men comics have the opposite problem where like unimportant mutants generally look like, you know, freaky wackadoo things yeah. so that you can be like that person in the background's a mutant. Uh, but, yeah. um, the main characters are all really good looking and this, like the more interesting mutants are main characters and the background people are all just random children. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, also, also one we side got a little note. Long the two- oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one side note is uh, James Bamford, who's Canadian director, worked on Arrow a lot. Uh, was Hugh Jackman's stunt double, and apparently was asked by Singer to make a cameo role as Gambit. He did look like him in a scene that never made the final cut. So there is a Gambit scene out there that never got released. Hmm. Well, we were going to do some other segments, but we're really long in the tooth here tonight, so I'm just going to skip to one segment that I think we should talk about. Yeah, save that for next week. Um, But it's relevant to this. Really? Yeah. I'll come back to you. Glad y'all decided to join the party. Well, we had uncle of the show, Lawrence Bain, uh, come on uh, the internets today and say he is confirm that he is in fact a voicing on the show again on 97 which we did know but he made it very clear he's not voicing the wild man of borneo cave so speculation time it's probably strife but uh, that would be cool especially with with, with some of the uh, episode titles too like uh like what is the, one of them is like the mutant liberation begins or something like that here they are yeah, so he's just like, Mutant Liberation Begins. That's a Strife thing, the Mutant Liberation Front. Tolerance is Extinction sounds like it could be a big Strife story. So, yeah, I mean, the Strife is probably the obvious guess. What's, do we have I an like official it. date of when this comes out? No. Spring. Oh, man, I want it now. Not I want it now. Spring, they're saying early. Well, early be now. Yeah, early has to be before the summer, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. I feel like it's going to come out in like June and they're going to call that early, but whatever. We'll see. June is mostly still the spring. <laughs> okay. Gavin, stop, or, uh, Dave, stop defending, stop defending your yeah. corporate overlords. <laughs> yeah. We, we got clipped on the MCU for. for a second. I'm an independent that's, thinker. That's true. You're allowed to be. Herbal is holding you captive. Just blink <laughs> twice. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> He's making sure not to blink. Very He's good. trying not to sneeze, and he blinks twice back. Oh shit! <laughs> we call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Look, D- Disney ha- Disney point. has their friend Dave at night at gunpoint in his apartment. It's like no, really. We're yes, we are serious. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, are you sure? All right. So, what do you want me to go back to there, Andre? I was just you told me to come up with some recommendations uh apparently well, do you Brock... guys have any speculations other than strife on that uh lawrence bain news or you think that's probably what it is no that would be pretty cool it would make sense as to who strife really is so that would be pretty neat it could be captain america again that'd be fun could be uh um, could be any random person in strife's mutant liberation front like this, I, I don't know it could be anybody outside <laughs> could yeah be. could yeah. be zero no that would be fun all right <laughs> Uh, my only thing really? was my, my film recommendation was Brian Singer. Okay. Uh, Brian Singer selected Brian Cox for the role of Stryker because he's a big fan of his performance in this movie. Uh, 
Manhunter by Michael Mann. If you haven't seen it, it's the original adaptation of The Red Dragon, the book that came before The Silence of the Lambs. And in it, Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter. Uh, the sequel to this, which became Silence of the Lambs, in which they recast him as Anthony Hopkins' character. But seeing Singer or seeing Cox play Hannibal Lecter is actually very interesting to see someone else do the role. Uh, Michael Mann directed oh, it. Uh, it's be- It's infinitely better than The Red Dragon, but it's a it's a fantastic. The Red Dragon was not. It's infinitely better. Uh, it's well, if you like Michael Mann, I mean, all of his movies are are pretty good. So it's a uh, it's really really good. Um, the guy from CSI plays uh will graham in it uh the guy uh peterson i think his name is and uh tom newton plays the tooth fairy which is it's great but yeah it's super good check it out all right well let's let's let me see what we get out yeah sure it's been a long review but this one was heated well, you know, yeah, it's funny it was contentious. It was fun. To, oh, to well, like we're Devin was trying to figure it away. Like we we're talking about trying to shorten our 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 synopsises. And if if you took out us stopping to talk about everything, the synopsis would have been quite short. But that's the beauty of the format because it, as you walk through it, you run into the things that you want to discuss, and it becomes a thing. So, yeah, yeah, and know. you were able to yada yada the end pretty good, like. We were at like an hour there's and a not, half. There's we not a lot. The like there's there's not a lot. There's not a lot of nuance in it that needs explanation to explain anything this else. Is where you skipped the best scene in the movie. You yada yada a little too hard. You're like, oh, you're right, the Magneto scene. Like, oh no, that was <laughs> I yaddy added that. I didn't yaddy added that. I just forgot about it until I got to the point where he showed up again. So, yeah, no. All right, well, let's get out of here. Uh, you can support the show at Patreon.com/slash X-Men Review Show. Get yourself some sweet merch over there. Um, which you know, you can get merch with our sweet new logo on it, which I don't know if you've seen. You, uh, oh, our sweet logo there with Andre as <laughs> Beast and me as Wolverine. You know, that's our dynamic right there, all captured in one image. Nice, yeah, <laughs> I, I Wolverine ma- and Bone Claws, which that's cool. You don't have Bone Claws, I just uh, I must have been a jagged line. They're supposed to be adamantium claws. Okay, fair enough. Then I would have accepted the Bone Claws anyway. It would have been well, you can have them if you want. And Andre's yeah. always reciting long quotations and then going, I do. Yeah, Shakespeare. It's true. <laughs> Tennyson. Tennyson. <laughs> no, it's again, Tennyson. 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 <laughs> Even if it's not a Tennyson quote, he'll quote Shakespeare and then be like Tennyson. But anyway. Tennyson. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Find our audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts. And please like, review, and subscribe. And you can find us at ufpodcast.com because we are a proud member of those United Federations of Podcasts. It has many great shows like Hold Up, a movie podcast, Super Mater Brothers, they review reality shows, and we also do the Mary Mater Marvel Society over there. Which we got to, we're going to review What If this weekend, I think. What If season two? Well, isn't yeah, Echo supposed to? Isn't Echo supposed to come out today too? Yeah, Echo's yeah. today. Yeah, right. but I don't think we'll have that watched by the weekend. Oh, Jamil wanted to do them both in one go, but I don't uh, know. No, you should probably dedi- I get it. Yeah, you should probably dedicated to it. I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's gotten good reviews, from what I understand. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five episodes too, so it's going to be an easy, quick watch, I guess. Should be good. And what's going on over at? Uh...
Well, a new episode just dropped you Monday with Skullhorn Production Graphic History Podcast. Well, I even call you my producer in one of the later episodes in our. I noticed. Days, so, uh, so uh, I noticed. I mean, you don't really produce it in a way that you're more of an organizer because I put everything together. But I do appreciate what you do. Um, Wait till we switch you over to the other platforms. So. You're more in... professional if you if you have a producer. That is true. Um, so episode just dropped uh, yesterday, or yeah, yesterday with Alex Robinson, the creator of Box Office Poison. A um, bunch of other cool independent comics. One I actually got my own. Davin didn't help with. Um, he does the Star Wars Minute podcast, which is really huge. And have you read that comic, uh, Box Office Poison, Dave? No, but it was like one of those like indie darlings of Wizard growing up. Yeah, that's was, we talk about it in the episode because that's how I discovered it by reading. Yeah, Wizard it was always out of my grasp growing up in Newfoundland, and then I just never got around to picking it up. I you would love it, I think you should check it out. It's kind of like it's kind of got the the clerk sort of mentality, but like it as like but more about writers and artistic types. It's very good. Um, I had to shuffle up my schedule a little bit because one of the guests needed wanted to use have his episode come out before one of the products first Kickstarter comes out. So I believe the next episode is Michael T. Gilbert, who does created Mr. Monster, Doc Stern, um, and those fun comics. And then after that one is uh Woodhill. Pardon? Woodhill. Well, yeah. Woodhill. And then after that is Paris Elaine, who I know Dave knows. And uh, after him is um, Craig Miller, who was a, a writer for a bunch of animated series and did uh, was a marketing consultant for a ton of cult classic movies. He did The Thing. He did Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. He oh. did uh, The Hitcher. He did uh, Return to Oz. He did The Black Cauldron. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Long and so, varied career. Yeah. He's a very, very cool guy. And uh, talking about marketing specifically, uh, oh, the Wicker Man he marketed for the American audiences. He hung out with Christopher Lee a bunch. He had a bunch of stories about that. Um, he's friends with Joe Dante and Mick Harris and a bunch of other cool people. Like, you know, it's neat. So uh, he's, he's uh, yeah, a really cool guy. Great interview. And and I have a big slew of people leading into, I think, the end of February now for interviews. So thanks to Devin, my producer. We like to yell at each other in this podcast. We get along fairly well in real life. Yeah, fairly well. Um <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we got live long podcasts with our many Star Trek channels. We just did a conversation about astrophysics with uh, Dr. Aaron McDonald, astrophysicist and Star Trek science consultant. That was yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, we have lots of other things going on over there. And there's also trivial debates, aimed on track, and the Hellbound podcast. Blackburn and Michael Chan. And that is everybody here on our fine federation. Dave, is there anything you want to hype? Yeah, what do you got coming out there? Um, to go out and buy? Um, just pick up Century Number Two and Century Number Three, and maybe four. I don't know yeah. yet, but when those come out, oh, awesome! Up. Yeah, isn't there like a million centuries in those books? Like yes, there's like yeah. six, something like that. Well, six—that's a lot of centuries. It's not quite a million, yeah. but when you're talking centuries, that's a lot. <laughs> So I, that's did with, you, that's did, with writer Jason Lowe, and uh, I, actually, I actually forget the main artist's name. I'm just like the side guy who's making making the deadlines, basically. What's the did, name? Did Luigi you see? Do you see Stephen Yoon has dropped out as playing the Sentry in the uh, the Thunderbolts? Yeah, I supposed that he actually was that. a Sentry. Who anyway, knows? But you know. yeah, I yeah, fair enough. Could have done somewhere else. Well, now Henry Cavill can play it, and that would just blow everybody's mind. No, he should be Captain Britain. But whatever. Actually, he would be good Captain Britain. I would like that. Yeah. I don't think Henry Cavill wants to be another stoic, humorless 
Superman. Like he, he wants to be a real guy, yeah. a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I gave up on there The Witcher know. halfway through season two. I didn't even finish it, and I couldn't watch any more of it. Yeah, just, as far as I got. And like he, he was fine, yeah. I guess, but I just it's not for me. Oh, he could have been a good Superman. In, with yeah. this material, he could have done it. I agree. I agree. But it's it's me and him. We're the guys who prefer the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League, and uh, a lot of it to me comes down to Joss Whedon knows how to write a Superman. He also yeah. knows how to abuse everyone in his presence, but knows <laughs> how to write X Men too. Yeah, unfortunately, he's a uh, you know kind of a monster in his own right. Well, and with that in mind, catch you next time. Bye. Next time. <laughs> sing, sing the movie one day. Sing the movie. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. That's all. Da, da. You should know it so well. We all used to so much with our action figures. <laughs> <laughs>